ladies and gentlemen, this is the 78th episode of Concerned Dabs Podcast. I'm your host, Katie M. Kane. My guest tonight, ladies and gentlemen, he is a music mogul from the Bay Area. He has, he has managed uh, N2D, J, JT from N2D. So if you, you like Back to the Hotel, that's him. You know what I mean? He also managed AWACS. He also managed Smig Dirty. Like the, the list goes on and on, ladies and gentlemen. I'm ask him all those questions and more. I met him on the road through my homie JSK. He's an awesome guy, dope promoter, dope producer. And he's also got some cannabis shit cracking off in the future, in the next few months. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to say which state or anything. His name is Brandon, AKA B12, ladies and gentlemen. Are you with us, B12? Whoop, whoop. What's up, Katie Kane? Chilling, hey, man. Th thank you for having me, brother. It's an honor. Oh man, thank you. Likewise, bro. Likewise. I, I, uh, I, uh, I'm a fan of your work, sir. I am a fan of your work, man. Well, the irony in that is that, as you know, I've uh, in my travels, uh, well, you may not know, I pay attention to a lot of people and I likewise am a fan of yours. All your get down was always dope to me. So thanks, like man. not just musically, but like you're a dope person. Yeah, thanks. Like man. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if you weren't like the ultimate like just smooth cool dude that always is positive and um and i've been paying attention to concern uh uh dabs and i was tripping and i was honored last week when you asked me to be on it because i was looking at it like months like a month or two ago going damn i should get on katie kane's thing Hell yeah, but i dude. wasn't really ready yet to start talking about the stuff i had going on but yeah. when you but when you brought it up i was like you know what there's no like right time you yeah. gotta just get back in the groove. Yeah, man. Serious. Just jump, man. Fuck it, bro. Just jump. So that's what I've been doing, man. I've been taking a lot of um, leaps of faith in the last few years. So yeah, uh, this is one of them because you know I'm a. Uh, some people might think differently because of a public persona that I might have had, but I'm actually an insanely private person. You know, say yeah. man. I try yeah, to keep to my, myself. Yeah, my music stuff that I've done in my historically is obviously not private, but a huge reason I fell back from being an artist and a personality is because people are in your business, right? Yeah. And my business hasn't always been sweet. It's not always roses. So it's like, man, you know, you uh, to, to quote a corny um, sitcom, the facts of life, you take the good, you take the bad. You take them all in there, you have the facts life. I don't know, that's an 80s reference for all those 80s babies that might be watching this later. But yeah, man, um, <laughs> I'm glad to be here. And I want to know what concerned dabs even means. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, my, my- I know what a dab uh, is. Yeah, so my, my old co-host, uh, we came up with the idea for doing a podcast. I worked with him at a dispensary called Natural Wonders in Portland. And he was always- grabbing dabs after work and I was always grabbing flowers and I wasn't super hip on IG. I didn't post all the time because I had a bunch of gardening shit that I just, yeah, I got cards, but I'm still not comfortable posting photos of all my shit online. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. but the shit that you buy, I would always post that because it'd have the store logo on there and the sure. farm logo and shit. And so when he would post on IG, he'd be like, Here's some concerned dabs that I took after work today, this fucking live rosin. And it's like the look on his face, cause it's a fucking big ass dab, right? So it's like, 
You but know, he's got like, a lot of concerns. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so I was like, bro, we should call it that. Because, and, and the reason we wanted to do a podcast is at work, we just have the dopest convos about weed and, and what everyone knew about different parts of it. And we just shared knowledge. And every now and then there'd be a patient in the store and the patient would hang around after they bought their shit and just sit there and listen. To hear the talk. Yeah, you know what I mean? And, I, and he's like, he said the same thing. He's like, you guys should do a podcast. And I was like, fuck, see? It's something about the <laughs> West Coast, bro, that we just all got game. Yeah. From, from Seattle to San Diego. Yeah. Like, even though everybody's playerism's different yeah. in those regions, yeah. there is truly something about the West Coast. People like to hear us talk. Yeah. And, and so with that, like... It started out cannabis industry only, right? Sure. People aren't really that educated about anything. No. Plant, plant limits or pesticides or extraction, like any of that shit. So that was like our whole first 30 or 40 episodes. And then more entertainment folks started hitting us back. And we're just, you know, musicians and filmmakers, actors and shit like that. And so it would just like, we're not trying to change the name, but we kind of want to rebrand as not just cannabis industry, it's like entertainment and cannabis. A dab can be anything, man. It's a dab of this, a dab of that. Yeah, well, that's, and dude, like, that's why I like interviews like this, because you're in a whole bunch of shit, dude. So it's like, I, I can ask all kinds of questions and get some fucking cool answers and stories out of it. You know well, thank I mean? you. Yeah. I've got a cool, before we kick off the music business history tour. Okay. Just since it's called Concerned Dabs. Yeah. I've got a good dab story. Okay. I no longer smoke weed. I don't have a problem saying this. I got my I got my commercial license a few years ago, and uh, in order to keep it, I just I'm randomly subjected to drug tests. So anyway, Man. that's that's for the world. B12 doesn't smoke weed no more. However, <laughs> I, I, I smoked it all the time back in the day, and one of the things that I used to do was I would go hard on the other party substance, you know, and then I would need to come down right. For those who don't know, a uh, little bit of powder. You know what I'm saying? After mellow and, out. Um, mellow I, was out driving after. To, I was driving to Phoenix, Arizona. I had no weed. I had probably snorted powder like two days before, but I never had my proper come down, right? Yeah. Never had the. I never had the rest before no, I got on the road. No REM sleep. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. so my girlfriend <laughs> at the time, my girlfriend at the time was driving, and she would become my wife, uh, second wife. Um, she's like, well, let's get you some weed. She was from Arizona. So I was like, well, who do you know has got weed? Well, everyone she knew had boof. I don't know what you guys call it up there. Bammer. Reggie, you know, Bam, yeah. Reggie, uh, yeah. Bobby Brown. Yeah. So, so I was like, you know, actually, I do know someone. And I met a dude in my travels. Actually, I met him through um, a dope producer who used to work with AWACS named Logic Ali. Mm. Um, he did that uh, song we got with Lynch. I don't know if you ever heard the uh, Gonzo and AWAX album. But I did. It was, uh, was kind of EDM, EDM-ish type beats and shit. There were some on there, yeah. Um, ironically, the singles were, but most of the album actually was kind of street. But one of the songs we had on there was like a Scooby-Doo remake. Uh, and, it was, and it was with Brother Lynch Hung. I think it was called Gangsta Shit or something like that. Well, anyway, long story short, Logic produced this beat. He's a cat from the um, 818 San Fernando Valley. Yeah. Um, his S executive... SFV. Yeah, exactly. His executive producer is a well-known, this is the only reason I'm telling this story, because the dude's known. Yeah. Otherwise, it wouldn't matter. Well-known dude, you've probably heard of them, Trapzilla. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, so Trapzilla's real well known. The dude's name is Dolph. He used to be go by DJ Dolph. Solid guy, man. He had a fat mansion in Scottsdale. I make the call. He's like, dude, stop by. I'll yeah. give you some weed. And um, we stopped there, and it turns out, this is ironic, they had no weed, but they had dabs for days. Yeah. Uh, so this flavors. is 2000, and I want to make sure I have my timeline right. I'm guessing this is 2013. Yeah. Uh, because I'm already not working with my former artist anymore. So to, 2013. Yeah. And, um, and he's like, well, you know, I'm old school, right? So I'm thinking a dab is like smoking a little hash. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I try to explain it to folks. It's but like it's hash, not, bro. Hey, yeah. It's but a little it's not, bit more. Right? It's a little bit turned up. Yeah. Yeah. So this girl, now it looks, I, I think back, right? I feel like I was in like a Mad Hatter scene from Alice in Wonderland or something because there was this real pretty girl and she was in front of this fucking contraption in his house, like huh. a big machine. Yeah. And she's like, put your mouth here, pause. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> and she lit it for me, right? And I'm like this, you know, smoking it. Bro, five minutes later, I'm in Dolph's bathroom. I've got, call my wife in there. And I said, no, listen, I said, go get my pistol. <laughs> and she's like, what's up? I said, they're plotting on me. <laughs> so check it out, Katie Kane. Fair enough. Super hey. duper high. High school high. Bro, yeah. so she brings me my gun begrudgingly, and Dolph and Logic are like, "What's up, B12?" I was like, "Hey, y'all, I gotta go, man. Uh, something came up," and they're like, "Why don't you just stay the night, bro?" I'm like, "Nah, you know." And then I start turning my back to people. I obviously told Dolph this later, so yeah. it's not no bad thing. But I was yeah. tripping on, I was tripping on them. So we drove back to California. Yeah. It took us. Okay, so if anybody knows, leaving from Phoenix It's like to, five or six hours, man. No, no, Phoenix to San Francisco is like 12. Because oh, it's six it's, to it's LA. Up. Yeah, right. I, yeah, my bad. But check this out. It took us like 22 hours. Damn. Because <laughs> I was annoyed. Yeah. Pull over, pull over, pull over, pull over, pull over, pull over. All the time. <laughs> and, and, and to top it off, right, we're riding dirty because uh, I got a gun. Yeah. We're driving on back roads. We're not even on like Highway 5 or nothing. So I would call Dolph periodically on this trip. Yeah. And he'd be like, you all right? I'm like, man, what was in that, bro? And this, so this was my first experience with a dab. I want to tell anybody who's watching this that I've <laughs> never smoked one since, gentlemen. Yeah. I don't, I okay. dude, yeah, hey, I, I don't, man. I I stopped. I, I stopped right around 2014, bro. Like, once I figured uh, out that, that the pesticides were, I, there was something wrong with my heart, bro. It made like, my I heart was hurt. Doing, you know what I mean? Like it did. Like something was wrong with the muscle, and it wasn't the weed. It was the pesticides that they sprayed on it, concentrated into the oil. You know what I mean? Amen. And, and I just, I didn't care if it was tested. I was like, I'm cool. Even yeah, if this, my, even if this flower is sprayed a little bit, it's not gonna make me fucking feel like that. My wife you know I mean? made fun of me for the subsequent three years that we were married. Uh, 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 unfortunately, it didn't end. Our marriage didn't end well, but uh, she yeah, made fun man. of me regularly. Like she's like, "Don't start tripping like when you smoke that dab." Uh, so, so when you talk about a concerned dab. Very, I had one. Yeah, very, I, very concerned. Yeah, yeah. Very concerned. And shout out to <laughs> DJ Dolphs. If anyone knows who he is, the dude has produced for like, uh, you know, Lil Pump and he's produced for uh, 
you know, um, uh, what's that? The big dude. Uh, he's just done a lot of those like trap rappers and he's yeah. riff raff. Oh, okay. Riff, yep. And he's a real cool dude. Shout out to him and Trapzillas. They got a nice brand. But that's my dab story, man. Now I'm going to let you take over. And, oh no! And all good, bro. It's tell your, me where you want to go with this. It's it's your it's your time, bro. I I just uh, I would like to ask about yeah your music career, dude. Like how how did you start out into it? Cause we we did a remix on on my mixtape of Back to the Hotel. You know what I mean for Spokane. If any Spokane folks are listening, you know what I mean. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, I like it was, it was pretty I'd, dope. We did. We I'd didn't, like to hear. I'd like to hear that sometime. Yeah, um, man. I'll send it so, to you. So let me give you the get down. So so my journey takes like these weird turns. Yeah. I know you can keep up with it, but I'll um they kind of skip geographical locations and timelines. The first oh. thing I want to say is, and some people don't know this, yeah, but the true fans know I'm not like an original member of Into Deep or nothing. Um, I wouldn't even say I'm a replacement member. What I would say is in like 2001, so you know, eight, nine years after Back to Hotel came out. Yeah. Um, still hot, Jay though, to me. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, you know, yeah, sure. It's still it still paid JT's bills. TL from the group, who uh, was another dude I idolized, who was in Into Deep, he wasn't with JT anymore touring actively. And oh. I had kind of taken on this managerial role with JT. Yeah. And it turned out one night I just got handed a mic and I started doing TL's parts. Oh, uh, Okay. So I looked like him a little with the goatee, and I was yeah. short and stocky, right? He'd been in uh, the house. He'd been in the house, man. Right? <laughs> and so nobody really questioned it, but we didn't lie. It's not like we went and said, oh, you know, this is B12 from N2D. Yeah. Because I, I, I wasn't. You know, I can't claim any credit for any of N2D's success, except that I was part of the design team on the comeback of JT's solo career. Okay. So, you know, from two from the year 2000 until like 05, you know, we brought him back. We got him a deal at Universal. It was real fun. But I give all that credit to JT because he like positioned me yeah. to be, you know, like he said, 12 or, you know, do what you, do whatever you want. So I was like a rapper and the manager. I got a lot of trim on the road. You, got know, to, you got to meet a lot of people, dude, and conduct a lot of business. When It was dope. You know I mean? It was dope. And um, so what ended up being born out of that, though, was in 2002. There's a rapper named Young Drew. Shout out to Young Drew. Real talented Vallejo cat. Um, he was about, you know, he's a year or two younger than me. Um, he's also, I just, I'm, just to give context, I like to say this kind of stuff. He's yeah. white. He's white. So me, him, and JT... He's kind of like a JT and Johnny Z protege. You know, Johnny Z is the producer for N2D. Um, is he, is, did he make Back to the Hotel? Johnny Z produced it, yeah. Okay, cool, dude, yeah. Because, yeah. like, did that come first and then Teddy Riley and them fuckers sampled the same shit or something? Yeah, so I'll go to that one. I'll yeah, go yeah, man. Because so, I, I was having an argument with one of my homies at the bar one time. He's like, man, that's Teddy. I'm like, fuck you, it's N2D, asshole. You know what I mean? So Yeah, like, so... The basically, I'll, I'll tell you that story, and JT and them will tell you it better, but I can tell you what was passed on to me. But what we did was people liked our dynamic so much, we made a group called Free Agents. Uh -huh. And that was me, JT, and Young Drew. And we all our new music that we performed on tour was from that group. 
Mm -hmm. But all the old music was into deep Latino velvet stuff. So yeah. it was a blessing, man, because, you know, uh, Baby Dash was blowing up at the time. Yeah, I want to ask if you can share a story about him later, but I- For I, sure, uh, I will. Yeah, yeah. I got some good ones. Yeah. Uh, Bash is, uh, was also instrumental in my early career, and I'll, I'll tell you a story about that. But what was cool that was happening at that time, 0203, was like, we had just got a, a record deal again for JT. We had a big song named Baby Girl. Mm -hmm. um, and we got a deal at Universal where Bash was already. And Bash and JT, you know, they're they're tight. They're like, they grew up together. Yeah. And so we found ourselves kind of on tour at the same time as Bash. Yeah. And, and that was so, when Sugar 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 was coming out then, right? Right. So he's doing Sugar Sugar. And then we're opening the show at some places. Yeah. And it was cool because we're all friends and, and came up together. But um that 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 was the extent of my into deep per se involvement. But what what I was real pr proud of was we successfully brought TL back out of retirement. Oh, and and so me, him, and JT went on many tours through the Northwest, Bend, Oregon, Spokane, Washington. You know. Yeah. And we had I, DJ Mark Seven with us from Santa Rosa. Did you guys ever? Did you guys ever stop in Pullman? Not Pullman. We did Mo um, Moscow. Moscow, maybe. Idaho? Yeah, Moscow, Idaho, or Lewiston. So we did, hold on, I'm going to tell you what town we did in Idaho. We did Boise, and we did, um, what's north of Boise? McCall, or Lewiston. Yeah, we, Lewiston is the next biggest city, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I went to that one, but I, I fucking got there too late, man. Like, Yeah, I, I, we, I, we were notorious, man, for um, because we were whores. We yeah. were well known for performing. <laughs> And leaving with the twerk, you know? Yeah, hell yeah. And, I, and get, I ain't mad at that, bro. I cannot deny. Let me know? tell you, yeah. I toured for probably 15 years of my career. Uh, and I'm going to tell you this. I never got as much Yacavelli as when I was out with JT. Word. Because yeah. th that's just the kind of music he made. And I appreciated it. Yeah. Because I was a get. You got to understand, like, I think some people don't, they don't really have my dynamic understood. I'm a manager, but I'm like also like the main street dude in my crews. Yeah. So like I'm yeah. from a gangster rap background. So yeah. I'm always looking for the fight, right? I'm punching someone in Walla Walla. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm doing, but JT's like looking at me like, B, I don't have to fight my fan. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and I, I, yeah. have to, I want some I girls in the crowd. I don't want, and I don't want right. the girls fighting either. Like, I, right. So no I had to incidents. learn that. And I learned that a little bit of the hard way, you know. Um, I don't mind saying it because everyone's grown now. Me and JT had some strain on our, our relationship because we had all moved to Tucson, Arizona together. Dope. And, like, set up shop. And I started getting in more trouble. Yeah. You know, like, here I am, like, 26 years old. What are you doing, like, still yeah. guns and, you know, like. Yeah, so, um, that, that so was, we, yeah, that was like when I caught my last charge, too. It was like, oh, eight. Bro. Yeah, unfortunately, it wasn't yeah. my last time, but it was the one that that kind of like led to the the dissipation of my relationship at the time with JT. We're great now. That's my brother. Yeah. But he was he was definitely rooting for me as like a, a, a all around human. And yeah. I disappointed I disappointed him and I disappointed some other because I'm the I'm like, even though, OK, I just made 43. I'm I'm the young one in the uh the crew. Yeah. So all of the dudes I came up under are 47, 48, 49, 50. Yeah. So when we were 
when I was 23, they were 30. Yeah. So they were all already out of that nonsense stage. And I was young and rich and, and, and popular. Yeah. And that was a bad combination. And the crazy thing was I wasn't even a, um, a substance abuser yet. Yeah. So like, I can't imagine, I wouldn't have liked me put it that way either. Yeah. You know, I, I tell so, my, I tell my lady that too. I'm like, cause I knew who she was when I was like 22. I would see her at the bar. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm glad we didn't talk back then. Like, I was a fucking asshole when I was 22. Yeah, I was a dick too, bro. Yeah. Like if there if there were people out there that ever got rubbed wrong by me in any way, not my enemies, it's fuck my enemies for life. But I'm talking about a random human that 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 for some reason had a bad experience with me, man. Blame it on my uh, uh on my head and not on my heart. Yeah. You know? Because I because like sometimes we don't even know what we do. And like, particularly with the music industry, right? Like people are paying to like, see you. Yeah. So why would you bring drama into their world? Yeah. You know, why would you endanger them? I mean, you know, we've been in shootouts on the road. We've been, I got dumped at by a crip and a white crip in Spokane. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I live in Spokane, so I don't want to talk about anything that happened in Spokane. You know what no, I mean? No, but, yeah, but that's bro. why I'm saying but, that's yeah, why I'm saying it. I stay in I the was, crib. I stay in the crib where I fuck with my homies at the podcast, and, and that's about but, but, it, bro. But you know that's why I mean? I'm like, saying it, because, because I went around life thinking, oh, well, we're in Spokane. They can't be tough. People are tough everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I learned that. Early, I should mind my manners when I am yep. out of town. You know what I mean. So, so now as a you know full blown adult and father and all that, uh, I just appreciated those times on the road and especially those small communities because those are really the people that embraced JT and because yeah. they embraced him, they embraced me. And I still have, you know, you're one of them. JSK is one of them. I still have those relationships, like. Yeah. People yeah. that were, you know, that were my homies. Like, so um, that was all cool. So you wanted a Bash story. I got one for you that has well, wait, to do wait, with- Wait, wait, yeah. wait. Before, before Bash, can you give me like just a, a brief laundry list of artists that you you did manage or help produce yeah, yeah, their yeah, albums, yeah. anything so, like that? Like, cause I know it was mainly N2D, you had the most time with them and, but but you you well, helped a lot of up and coming guys after that. And that's how sure. I came to see, you know, I didn't know you were, introduced manager when you were on the road doing that shit with them it was when you were sure. managing some newer artists when when i was starting to do my rap shit you know like yeah so so one of the blessings that came with success was um so it's important to identify that i had two careers one of them was i was the vice president of urban music at a company called bayside distribution yep and that company was a wholly owned subsidiary of the retail giant tower records um, you know, Tower Records had 119 stores in the United States. Fuck yeah, Another, bro. That was, that was the favorite. When I was a kid, that was the funnest shit my dad ever did with me when I was a kid, when we lived in Portland, was take me to Tower Records and give me $5. That's and dope. I, I could go and get two cassette single tapes, bro. You know what I yep, mean? Yeah, because they were $1.99 each. Dude, yes. And, and I had like a dollar to go and get a slushie or something afterwards. Yep. You know what I mean? It was just like, fuck, thanks, Pop. And to him, it's fucking five bucks. But to me, it was like... Well, it's an experience. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, bro. Well, well, I have kind of a similar one. I didn't shop at Tower Records when I was young. Um, I'm you. not trying to like 
make a cool poverty story, but I lived in a neighborhood in San Francisco that was real far from where, where Tower was. Yeah. So although when um, we would go to the mall in San Francisco, it was called Stonestown Mall, where I would go learn about music was Tower. I didn't buy stuff there, but you could obviously spend time in there and, and, and learn and listen yeah. too, bro. Like uh, almost everything. Correct. They had like a top 20 at least on the headphones and shit. Oh, I mean, they had a top in, in Frisco. What was dope. They had an open copy of almost everything. Damn. So you could, you could have them put it on, which was cool. Yeah. So I learned about a lot of music there. So you can, you can understand like going from like, let's say that that was 19, like 89 when I was yeah. a little kid. Right. It was. Yeah, so 89. in 1999, yeah, 90, yeah. so to put this in perspective for you, I would get offered a job there. But not tight. right, yeah. yeah. So, not, well, so not at Tower Records, but um, so the way it was set the, up, the, was, the distributor, you know what I mean, who, who puts them in the stores, right? Right, so what happened was there was this company called Bayside, and they were based in the Bay, hence the name, right? Yeah, yeah, Sacramento, um, the, the capital of California, is where the Tower Records family was born. Um, they bought Bayside Distribution and moved it to Sacramento from the Bay um, yeah. in, the ni- in the 1990s. And the reason they did it, it was pretty cool, was so they could have their own distributor to sell their own music. Yeah. So, so that, like, for example, Tower Records had a deal with Prince to sell his, um, his album, his first independent record, the New Power Generation record. Where it's, what it wasn't Prince, it was the symbol or whatever. Yeah, yeah the symbol. So, so they, they had a deal. Yeah, he, he so he's like, fuck y'all, I'm gonna put this CD out. I got the distro already, assholes. So what he did was he brought it to Tower just for Tower to put it in Tower. That's so cool. Tower saw that as an opportunity and said, Well, what if we could also sell this CD of yours, Prince or whoever his you know label is, uh, to other stores for you? Yeah. And Prince was like, Oh yeah, I'm open to that. And so so the modern Bayside was born in like 1996 they spent a few years being very white you know very non-urban yeah uh, a lot of people were scared man you know what i mean because yeah they were that's what they were so they didn't understand that that coverage sold records you know what i mean like they, sure. they were afraid of it because the news told them to be you know exactly and that yeah. was the time we were in so what happened was my, my mentor rob noni is who who was one of the founders of Young Black Brother Records with Kyrie. Yeah. Had Mac Mall, Ray Love. I fucking love that Kyrie Black Elation album, bro. With Back to My Mission. Back to My Mission by Mac Dre. Very slept on album. Yeah, and Rain and Game. It's Rain and Game in Northern California. Had a really dope cover, too. Kyrie was was sitting in his 850i bins and he had a Movado watch on. I'll never forget it. Yeah. It was a dope cover. It was like 10 years before you ever heard that shit in a rap song, too, bro. It was was 97 he put that out. So so Rob had left Young Black Brother, and he went to Bayside. And I was looking for distribution, me and my partner, Derek B. Shout out, Derek B. Yeah. I watched one of your guys' Monday episodes, man. Yes, that's my boy. He's he's who kind of brought me out of semi-retirement. So... So Derek B um, and me, we were like running low on money and we needed distribution for this album we had uh, with Chewy Gomez, who's a local uh, radio personality in the Bay. He's in AZ now too, syndicated, isn't he? 
I'm not sure where Chewy's syndicated, but I know that he's the number one dude we've always had in the Bay. And we presented like a compilation with him with all Bay rappers, but Word. we ran out of money. Right. And um, I'll never forget. It was 1998. We got a last bit of our money and me and Derek are like, let's just take our kids to Disneyland. <laughs> and we had sent out packages of our compilation to all the music distributors. Yeah. Well, well, one of them, and we were like, well, they're going to give us, and that was back when they advanced you money, right? So, yeah. Um, we were thinking, okay, hopefully one of these deals will come through, but this little $3,000 we have isn't going to save our life. Let's go have a good vacation. Yeah. So me, me, Derek B, his sister, and all our kids, we went and had like a hell of a time in Disneyland for like a week. Yeah. When, when we get back, we're broke. I'm out of weed, and that's what I was selling back then. Yeah. And, uh, we get a call from Rob and Rob's like, Hey man, I got a new gig. And I'm like, cool. And I'm like, where are you working? He was like, this company called Bayside and sat. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I ain't never heard of it. You know, he's like, Oh, it's owned by tower. And of course I heard that. And I'm like, Oh, they must got money. Yeah. And so yeah. Rob's like, so you guys want me to distribute this Chewy record? I'm like, yeah, I need an advance. And of course it's my, one of our best friends is our mentor. So, yeah. so Rob is like, I'll get you in advance. Come up to this meeting. So we get to the meeting. And mind you, I'm a, a, a part-time drug dealer, part-time music executive. Yeah. Um, uh, Derek is a full-time DJ. And we put everything we had into this comp. It was dope. And it was a double disc. And back then, everyone didn't have double discs. There was like Tupac and a couple others. But, yeah. you know, this was still 98, 99. So... We're in a meeting and the dude who's um, the executive at Bayside, he's sitting in there and he hears our story. He's fascinated with me because, yeah. you know, let's just be honest. I don't sound like I look. No. So yeah. I get the same thing, B12, the same exact do. thing all I'm the time. You, like, you're Katie K. I'm like, that's why I'm uh, telling you this I thought story. you were black. I thought you were, I'm just like, fuck. Nah, I'm native, right. Man. Yeah, you sound like a smooth-ass black DJ from Detroit. Uh, yeah, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's looking at me, and he goes, he had this big old mustache like Yosemite Sam. Yeah. And he goes, why don't you guys come do for me what you do for yourselves? And I'm like, what, like, what do you mean? He's like, uh, uh, I'm offering you a job. And me and Derek, at this point, we had never considered... Yeah, you were just trying to get a check. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. We just want so, the check for the CD. Fucker, hand it up. Like, what? Huh? You know, so like, it worked yeah. out. It worked out twice for us because he he offered us, you know, fifty grand. He offered a fifty thousand dollar a year job, which is a lot of money. Fuck yeah, and, especially back then, bro. Like yeah, that's like so, seventy. That's like eighty five right now, bro. Yeah, and so what me and Derek did, being the the um, entrepreneurs that we are. We said, how about you get us both and we'll split it. Yeah. And I'll never forget, Katie, that was it, what it worked out to, 25 grand a year back then. Well, it, I guess right now, probably too. It yeah. was $840 every two weeks after taxes. Yeah. All right. So just to put in perspective for, for you, the way the Bay was at that time, you could um you could rent a nice apartment for 700 Yeah. So. It's weird how. It's, yeah. Mid there be like, wait a minute. We got jobs, yeah, and they gave us an advance check for the compilation. That's fucking so, tight, bro. Like that's that's a good ass day right there, bro. You know it was I mean? amazing, man. Yeah. And, there, and 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 anyway, many more years passed by, and we did a lot of great stuff. But so 
I said all that to say um, that was like my first paycheck in the music business. But I had gotten paid before that because what I was before that was I was a promoter. So I promoted for a lot of major labels. But, you know, you would get a you would only get a. So let's just pretend Mac 10 Faux Life came out. Right. That yeah. uh, 95. They yeah. would send you eight hundred dollars and a bunch of promo material. And some, like a little bit of vinyl and shit, too. Yeah. Vinyl poster stickers, flats. Yeah. And you would go promote in your region. Yeah. You know, so it was never like a real job. So that's kind of what we all did back then. Yeah. Um, and, and that got us a lot of relationships. And on top of that, you know, I come from a neighborhood that's very rich in musical history. Mm -hmm. uh, RBLs from where I'm from, 11.5, Perm. So there's a bluebird on my shoulder. Should I kill it? That's right. That's Shout classic. That's that's a, that's a classic song where I'm from, man. Yeah, I, I imagine yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So so all of those folks that I grew up with, as soon as I got into position at Bayside, I started calling them and saying, you want to come do a deal? And a lot of them were like, it was weird because 99 was a weird year for Bay Area and Northern Cali rap because we didn't have any stars anymore. Uh, of course, don't get me wrong, of course, E-40 stayed popular and there were some other exceptions to the rule. Yeah. But as a, as a general rule, that whole 90s, rush on the major labels was over yeah Cell, rbl posse looney coleone it shifted these, it shifted way down south by then you know what i for mean sure yeah it became a no limit world yeah and, and certain little cities had like a one or two year run but it, it was it's like that's the but region the now, was over I mean? for all yeah. intents and purposes I so agree. we have this unique opportunity at bayside to like rebirth the Bay. And I can say that 20 years later, I can say, had we not done Bayside, you wouldn't know about none of these new guys. Yeah. And the, and the reason is, is we created like a false economy by advancing money, uh, paying for graphics, paying to press albums. Nobody did that at that time. Yeah. So, so what I was saying was that was one part of my career. So a lot of people mix up that part of uh, my career because they think that I owned Bayside. Uh, you get it? Because yeah. my, my company right here, Bay Rider, is a very similar name. Yeah, man. Uh, when I posted the flyer earlier this week, yeah, on, on one messaged me and he goes, Bay Riders B12? I was like, yes, sir. 12 is Presley. You know what I mean? He, he's like, cool, you know, man. You know who gave me that name? JSK? Nope, Johnny uh, Z. Oh, uh, okay, cool, man. Yeah. Johnny Z, everyone else had a different nickname for me. Coolio the Underdog was the first one to call me Dozen. Right. And and Johnny Z started calling me uh oh and JT from it, you know, JT called me Twelver. Yeah. And uh uh Johnny Z called me Twelve as Presley. Word. And, and I've used them all in some kind of way. Yeah, that's uh, it's kind of kind of a Bay Area thing, man. Like there's 40 has like fucking 20 aliases, bro. For sure. You know I mean? Like for every sure. album has a new one. And it was an honor for me, right? Because all these dudes who gave me my nicknames were like my legends. Yeah. You know, my first nickname B12 was given to me by Tay to Tay. So from 11.5. So, I, you know, it's been cool. So during that time that we were popping at Bayside, I, I, I kind of started managing, um, I don't want to say like, I had a lot of pet projects. Yeah. And they weren't necessarily the popular guys. Um, one of the first people I was working with was IROC yeah. in San Diego. 
I remember uh, grabbing his CD from JSK, but he uh, he was on one of Yuck Mouse album. That's I knew who he was when I saw the CD. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So we had I Rock. That turned into Smig Dirty. I had a relationship with AWACS through an artist, rest in peace, named Woody. Yeah. Um, Woody's uh, rap. That, wo that Woody and AWACS album was pretty hot, bro. And that's kind of where it was born. Like, I put that album out on my own label. I bought AWACS's verses and Woody's verses. And, right. Woody, and I, Woody and I were real close. Funny story about Wax was we weren't cool when we met. And Woody had to, like, call me up and be like, nah, Wax is solid. And he's just like you, B12. I remember him telling me that. You know, yeah. like, you know, like you're both yeah. thugging ass white boys, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So we got along famously, and I managed him all the way until 2013. Yeah. Um, but in that middle time, you know, a lot of dudes came and went. I can't say I was all of their manager, but I could say I was a lot of people's consultant right yeah well i mean yeah dude and just just a laundry list it's not like you're yeah, taking yeah, so credit for their success just people you've worked with going. yeah so at any that's, given that's, time that's mogul shit you know what i mean right that's, yeah so we had a really cool facility called 940 tyler it was in a town called benicia next to vallejo and me and Derek b had a studio there and this was around right before mac dre died so at any given time dude you'd have mr fab hollow tip uh turf talk i rock Smig Dirty, Looney Coleon, AWAX, Balance, um, yeah. all of them dudes, dude, were just around creating music. None of yeah. the music was was mine or theirs. It was ours, right? Yeah. And we had a magazine called Southwest Bound. And I remember I, that. JSK yeah, was a part of that. Yes, he was. He was yeah. you know, JSK was a part of pretty much everything I did after 01. And the reason was I put him in position because I saw he had a lot of value in terms of his his networking skill set, you know? Yeah, bro. And one thing about JSK, and, and like a lot of people lack this quality, but he was willing to get his hands dirty. Yeah. And I mean that, I, I actually mean that literally, right? Like yeah. a person who has no problem putting up a poster, driving a van, oh. pitching a tent, yeah. You know, sweeping a floor. Yeah. Um, and he did what he could. And 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 so I kind of gave him, you know, not to be arrogant about it, but for what it's worth, we we, my team, gave JSK the keys to the Northwest on our behalf. Yeah. Well, you I know, mean, we sit that's how I met all you guys, you know what I mean? Because sure. I, I I'm sure. from a I'm from a town, I grew up in a town of a thousand people, B12. It's like I, I started meeting folks when I went to college. I was doing my little hustle thing before that from you know Yakima and Spokane, but it's like once sure. I went to college, bro, it was like holy fuck, I got access to all these other cities now. And and that's that's when JSK heard school. I went to WSU first outside of high school and, and then I dropped out after two and a half years. Then I, I did online through PCC and then I went to Coeur d'Alene for a year to get my GPA up. And then Wazoo wouldn't take those credit credits. So I graduated from U of I. And so, so, so both, both of those, those, those teams all had football players too, that were just, you know what I mean? It was, it was cool to plug in and, and figure out where everyone was from and what, what everyone was doing and, and make some moves. And that's so how you have a degree. Yeah. I have a, a bachelor of science degree in public relations. So check this out, all of you people watching. This fucking pothead right here has yeah. a four-year college degree. Yeah. And some of you 
won't even get off your ass <laughs> to just take a self-betterment course. No, props to you, bro. Yeah, uh, I, I don't I don't like this stunt on it. I caught my fell I caught my F my senior year of school, so I had to sit my time right after I graduated. Like I had two days and I had to show up and sit my time. So that's all right. Yeah. So I, I don't I don't like to Well, you know what I that, say about people who I, go to college? Yeah. And complete it. I say it doesn't tell you that they're intelligent. It tells you that they uh, are deliberate. And you can complete something, dude. That's what I mean. Like, it yeah. takes deliberation, right? It takes focus, at least. If yeah. nothing else, you have to be reliable to show up to class. Yeah, especially going to court and then pleading guilty and waiting for sentencing, bro. Like, that was pretty stressful. So how long did senior. you have to go sit down, if I could ask? Uh, 30 days. It was six months with five months suspended. I violated once and had to sit an extra week. You know what I mean? So where'd you do it. your time at? In Portland or? Nez Perce County, down there in okay. Lewiston. It was How big easy. was their jail? It was before the, the new one was built, but they didn't have the, the Wi-Fi cable across the bridge to the court yet. So it was in the old one where the courthouse is, downtown Lewiston. Okay. It was it was pretty small. but uh, How was the food? Not, not that bad, bro. Not I that bad. I asked everyone about how they're, because I yeah. love good I love good jail food. And and the, they had uh you know like twenty channels on the TV and the, the oh, cool yeah. the cool part is one of my bros that was at the the very first tool show that I went to in 06 that changed my life. He transferred in there from Benton County from Tri Cities like a week after I showed up, and so it was like fuck, all right. So it was cool to just crack jokes with him for the rest. Did of the you time. say your first tool show? We're not talking like Tim the Toolman Taylor. We're no. talking. Tool the rock group. Yeah, Maynard James Keenan, man. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know a lot about them. I know the name. Yeah. Not just Tool, but a perfect circle and Pussifer. Like that uh that's what sent me on this rock shit, B12. You know what I mean? Like my, my my cousin took me to that show and then after that show it was like, I still got I'm gonna put out these rap songs, but I'm gonna find a band. And we're gonna do so this. Do you shit. have a band now? Yes, we do, man. It's one the same the same cousin that took me to that show. It's him, him and his brother and his bro from high school. I, I go down and record with them every every two or three weeks down in uh, Lapwood. That's dope. Yeah. So I want to address something for you real quick. You asked a question. I had to Google this. I want to make sure I give the proper info. Yeah. I know we're, ju we're jumping subjects. Yeah. So you said who was first with that sample. Yeah. And actually, you know, it's the Lafayette Afro Rock Band is the name of the group. Ah. Um. They sampled it first. Well, no, that's the group who had sampled from the songs called Darkest Light. Uh -huh. But the first person to have it was Public Enemy. Ah. Show them yeah. what you got. Ah, I didn't listen to too much Chuck D at all, bro. No, no, me neither. Yeah. But of course, the first smash hit was In Too Deep with Back to the Hotel. Then, and I never knew about this one, uh, well, then Rump Shaker came shortly thereafter. Yeah. And then there was Back Against the Wall by 3-6 Mafia. Ah, uh, yeah. And then... Um, but still, course, every, still still, in too deep before everyone else, at least. For sure. Yeah, 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 and cool. Friday yeah. by Ice Cube, right? Of course, Friday. Yeah, it was, he, he chopped it. He chopped it yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. But see, an interesting story, and I think Johnny Z said before, maybe JT did, that... Ice Cube did not sample the Lafayette Afro Rock Band. He sampled Into Deep. Yeah. It, it was like, when I listen back now, it's almost like that's when Cue Points came out for a DJ, yep. like a CDJ, and that's what he was doing. Just da 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 da, yep. da da 
like that, you know, he would just playing it like he probably played it live even, you know what I mean? Probably. Yeah. So yeah, that's cool. And then Britney Spears sampled it. So I'm going to download that later. I want to hear it. Dope. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, so those were some of the artists jumping back to that, that were around, um, eventually, and this was, um, to the credit of, uh, well, I was also consulting at that time a lot for Napoleon from the outlaws, uh, Don Cisco, um, you know, we Odd, had Rooney Coke. Odd one knows that guy too, I think. I was worked with him before. Yeah, I think so, I actually. Yeah. And um, and he was part of Latino Velvet. And then we were putting out records on Frost. It was fun, man. It was a great time because, you know, on one hand, I had a paycheck coming from my job. Yeah. Which was the music. Yeah. And then I had all these other things that didn't need to get paid for for me to do them. Yeah. It's like you, you attached a, a point or something to, to each project. and Right. And most of them didn't bring me any return. But what they brought me was a lot of relationships. Yeah. So, so like, for example, when JT got signed to Universal, I had to um, take a smaller cut because Universal told us, you need a real manager. Yeah. And they weren't wrong. I, I really didn't have the skill set at that time for the next level. So they hooked us up with a guy named Brad Patrick, who was managing Jay-Z's um, uh, Fade the Black tour. Oh, uh, okay. He wasn't, he wasn't Jay-Z's manager. Nah, but that, yeah, that was, they made a whole DVD off that shit. And that's, Correct. bro, that's when it was happening. That's when he was leaving Def Jam or he was leaving Rockefeller. Rockefeller, right. You know, he's like, dude, I just, I tell people about that play. I'm like, he told his, his three-way partners, let's sell it to Def Jam. And then a couple months later, Def Jam hires him and gives him the company that they just sold him. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I was so like, fuck, man. So working man. with Brad, I had to, you know, give up a, a bigger portion of JT, but it was dope because bigger shit was happening. Yeah. We were getting put on big events, soundtracks, you know, so it was a cool time, man. But um, somewhere in about uh, oh, well, I well, I caught a case in Arizona, like I yeah, said. Yeah. And then me and JT kind of did this a little, not because he didn't have my back, but he wanted me to to buckle down, and I just wasn't doing yeah, it. Yeah. And and so um, and I missed out on a lot of opportunities because of that. Not just with him, but you know, Bash was popping, and JT was around that. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we were real close with Mac Dre through JT. Yeah. And I could have been, been on all them them shows, you know? Yeah. After you tell a, a, a Baby Bash story, you got to tell a Mac Dre story, man. My pleasure. Anything I can. So so anyway, um, somewhere after I finished my case and I got deported literally from Arizona, they sent me <laughs> on an interstate <laughs> compact to California and said, don't, don't ever. Don't you, you know, come never, back now. You hear? Yeah. So I was on paper for a while and things started taking off for, I'm going to give him a lot of credit. AWAX was real diligent in his career. And I wasn't per se a fan of waxes at that time, but I'm going to give credit where it's due. Smig, who was one of my favorite rappers. Yeah. I and, like his shit too, dude. And, and he was one of my favorite humans. Like at the time, like I loved Smig. So he yeah. could tell me anything. That fucking, Smith. that Walla Walla Love song, bro. Like, that shit is fucking real, hard, Real bro. dope. Yeah. Real dope song. I was there for that. So Smith got in my ear, and he said, man, um, you know, why aren't you fucking with Wax? 
And I'm not going to like lie. I used to make jokes about Wax's music at that time, but not because I was joking him, but because I don't think I understood it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Was it, was Thug Deluxe out at that time yet? No, it was right oh, before okay. Thug Deluxe. Yeah, but, I, was, I love that album too. But man. the way our relationship grew was we kind of invited him to that studio I told you about, same one, 940 Tyler. Yeah. And Wax finished, you know, Doug Infinite is the producer. Yeah, yeah. He's, he, he's big or, or was. Well, yeah, but, I've heard of him. Yeah, he did Kanye. He's done a lot of people. But um, Doug Infinite, um, AWACS got three beats from Doug Infinite. And Doug wasn't involved at all, meaning like he sold the beats and that was it. Yeah. So Wax was, it was his responsibility to record them. Yeah. So, so I like kind of come, come over to our studio, come like get under our wing. Yeah. And that was right when he started falling out with the mob figures. Uh. And, and he told me the story um, about it. And, and I'm not acting like I'm some kingpin or something, but I kind of like, we kind of like co-signed him and embraced him and said, yeah, well, come, come fuck with Bay Rider then. Yeah. So now AWAX was de facto in our crew or we were in his or however you want to say it. Yeah. And me and Derek B were like the managers and Smig and I rock and wax were the main artists. Yeah. Um, well, dude, Smig like that's, you guys really turned up on that promotion, dude. Like there was that DJ warrior mixtape. Yeah, we and were, then the, and then there was the a the Akon deal, bro. I because it was MySpace back then. Yeah, I remember you guys would drop songs for one day, and you could download it for one day, yeah. and then it was gone. And so I would check every day, bro. And sometimes I would get one, sometimes I wouldn't. I'd have to look for it on YouTube or ask JSK or someone to email it to me. But it was like, stay tuned, motherfuckers, because shit does come out right yeah, here on this we, player. We, you know what I mean? And I, yeah, and we dude, had a lot of fun, man. We and you know what? They're, like I said. We were all making money in other places. I had long since left Bayside at that point, but we all had our own like sources of revenue. Yeah. So there was no there was no urgency to make money. And because of that reason, a lot of great music was being made, bro. Yeah. Like phenomenal. I'm talking about like dudes who never worked together were making songs. Bro, listen, Katie, true story. I have hard drives yeah. full of AWAC, Smig, uh, our old eye artist, Ice Mees, Messy Marv, Chili Powder, uh, Danny Boy from Death Row, Dope. Mal Young, who sang on To Live and Die in L.A. for Pot. Like, yeah. I mean, hard drives full of this music that we had so much good music that, believe it or not, we couldn't put all this stuff out. Yeah. Because all of it wasn't as good as the stuff we were putting out. Yeah, that's dope, man. Because so it, it was. was. A great Cause I was impressed, dude. I, I, you know, I bought a lot of those fucking CDs, we you appreciate know, like it. a lot, dude. So even the mixtape ones, I'd be disappointed. I would want the one or two original songs. I'm like, this mixtape shit's all right, but it, it just, yeah. it was worth it for those two songs. You know what I mean? Well, that's kind of what, that's kind of what we thought that we would, we hoped to accomplish with people. Yeah. So then we got the attention and we started getting deal offers and you know, that, that is what it is. Um, we had a really good run and uh uh you know everything comes to an end uh i won't really talk about why but yeah uh, well the, the other thing i want to say about the myspace era is I, I was follow i would follow him i was a super big fan but when the akon deal happened everybody who signed to that label got a chain with the logo you know and it's like two hands with handcuffs yeah. on them 
And his was black and red stones, bro. Like he posted a pic of it. And I'm not a jewelry guy at all, but as, right. as a kid and as a young rapper, it was just like, fuck, it's for oh, no, real. You know what I mean? Kid. I was like, it's for real. And it said his name on there. You know, it said like Max Convict or something. I was like, damn. Trust me. Trust me. I was excited too. And I was there. Yeah, dude. You I know, was just I was... like, yo. And then so when I got the feature, bro, I was just like, everybody in my hood on my res already knew who that guy was and already heard all those mixtapes. That's dope. So it was just like, when they heard that, it was like, oh, fuck, hey, he's about to blow. You know what I mean? Everybody, shout out to Katie Kane, a dude who really put his money where his mouth was. Not only did this guy support us, but when he wanted to accomplish his own musical dream, he paid a few dollars to get our artist uh, AWAX on a record. And, you know, a lot of people talk about that, yeah. but not everyone always does it. Nah. And salute JSK. I think by the time you post this uh, concerned dabs, I think he'll be out. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, he's supposed to be home in a couple days. Okay. I don't know when you're posting this, so. No, nah, it'll be, I'm trying to do it tonight, dude. This okay. First, first time recording one of these with Zoom, but I, it, right. don't, it looks like it ain't shit, bro. The, the, Shout the, out to Zoom for sponsoring us. Yeah. No, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, uh, where are we at, man? Um. Uh, uh, yeah, so so that that career kind of you know you the relationship ended. What what happened after that? Did you do any well, yeah, music? So, so and in then between, so in between that, right? Um, I I have my hands in a lot of stuff, and um, w one of the directions that and this is partially why it ended. Now that I look back, because I won't address the bad stuff, just the the stuff that's positive. Um, I had really started developing my branding and marketing company. Yeah, and so like. And I had stopped like smoking weed. I stopped snorting powder. I got a new like girlfriend who became my wife, who was like, I don't, I don't want to say she changed me, but in a positive note, I started hiking and doing like Ugh. human shit, right? I'm in one of those right now, man. You know Good for I mean? you. Uh, yeah. I'm no yeah. longer, but what I'm saying at this time back then, I was just doing a lot of changing. It had nothing to do with my crew, but yeah. it had everything to do with me. Yeah. And you know, the traveling thing wasn't going to work anymore. Um, and, and, and here's another thing that's hard for some people to admit. Like, sometimes you got to know your limitations, right? Yeah. And I had done everything I could do. Yeah. There's a ceiling. You know what I mean? We had an amazing investor. Um, Wax was a dope-ass artist. I mean, I don't even have, you know, yeah. nothing bad to say about his work ethic like that. Yeah, so, classic classic music, man. You yeah, know, so, so at that writer. Point, at some point as a manager, executive producer, friend, a hype man, security guard, whatever I was, you kind of evaluate and you go, well, where am I at with this? What else can I do? Yeah. So my branding company was doing well. I was representing some athletes and some well-known local companies. Juiced up, bro. I remember those cans of juiced up at Huckleberry yeah, Jam my, and my shit, bro. Drink. So yeah. we had our hands in so much that it was just, you know, we've taken a little little split you know we made movies for a while and i, I like i said man we, i'd have to like literally go to every moment to i mean there was magazines there was movies there was energy drinks but all of that happened during my musical management so it's not it's not exclusive of it it's inclusive of it it yeah. happened you know i dig the while i was down. at huckleberry jam with you in 2007 six, i think it was 08 Oh, eight, uh, okay. August, oh, eight, yeah. So while we're there with the energy drink, I'm, you know, AWACS is getting a convict deal, you know? So yeah. all of this is happening yeah. kind of simultaneously. So um, 
you know, fast forward um, a few years um, and my branding stuff's doing well. I got a popping branding company, firm, whatever you want to call it. And I just started focusing on that. And then that lasted a couple years after that. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately I caught myself up in a case again, money got a little slow and I, um, I don't have a problem saying this kind of stuff. You know, I, got I don't, back slang. I don't either, bro. Like it's well, like, a lot of yeah. people are, I ain't afraid to suffer or admit that I have suffered when everybody thought I was doing really well. You know what I mean? It's right, like, no, right, I right. I think that's, it's I think like that's I, key. I, I was skinny because I was only eating one time a day. You know what I mean? It's well, like, I, oh, I, yeah. I, when, well, thankfully, when I got skinny, um, and it was and it was because of my boys, man. They were good guys at that time. Uh, Wax and Lex and a few other people, they were like, you're not going to sit here and be sad over your divorce. You're going to go to the gym. And yeah. you're gonna sober up, and and it, and both of those things happened. Yeah. And um, uh, I lost a lot of weight, got in shape. Anyway, um, but when I went off on my own that last a couple of years, and I struggled in that second marriage that I thought was all good. Yeah. It was a rebound marriage. Um, shout out to her; she wasn't wrong in the equation. I was. Yeah. And I was manic, dude. Like I had depression, and I had like over the top like you know highs right yeah so i was you know up and down and then i found myself like doing street shit again yeah and um and i've paid for that now uh legally so i don't have a problem saying it went 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 back to jail and uh you know you find yourself sitting in jail at 40 i guess i was 40 i'm 39 well, however old i was right yeah uh, 37 38 and you're looking at your friend's kids literally right like i'm in jail with, with yeah, dudes with my bro's kid yeah. literally what's, right what's up what the fuck neff because they'd be like what up uh you know no, what I mean? no that's like, exactly yeah, what was happening yeah, yeah, i'm running fuck. into these 21 year olds who are in my same gang right yeah. and they're like what's up big homie you know woo, woo. Yeah. and i'm like oh shit and they're like you're b12 and i'm like bro i'm a piece of shit <laughs> yeah like i'm on coke just like you yeah. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm waiting on my commissary just like you. Uh, so it was a super humbling experience. Um, but also what it did for me when I got out was it gave me all this focus. But and, and I know a lot of people, I didn't do long at all to the year. But I'll tell you this, it's so crazy how much you change in a year. Also, when people don't fuck with you, bro. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh. I've got three homies in jail right now. I'm talking about like homies I deal with. Yeah. I, I probably have 50 that I know, right? But I'm just three yeah. guys I regularly deal with. I put money on all their books this week. Yeah. I had that's good people. Shit. That's, well, that's, well, I'm not that's saying that for shit. credit. I'm not yeah. saying it. Here's why I'm saying it. Here's why. In that year, bro, my wife, my daughter, my mother, and my best friend, and, and he would take... And I'm going to say this, he collected money from other homies a few times, but mostly it was just him, his own money. So let me just put this in perspective. I've been a part of selling 24 million records in my career. Yeah. From 1994 to 2015 at that moment. Yeah. And I'm not saying anyone owed me anything, KD. No, but people don't really look out. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Like, and, and there are a few people that, you know, maybe they didn't know how bad I was doing. Yeah. But put it this way if it were reversed i would have known how bad they were doing and i would have just done something yeah 
So they didn't even pay enough attention to know B12 ain't up like y'all think. B12 is, yeah. you know, but pe- but I always put on a good, you know. Yeah. I, look, I've never look. I've never worn jewelry. That's not my deal. I don't either, dude. So, ever. So, like, so there's, no you know, I always have a brand new fitted on. So it's not like anyone would ever know. Well, you know, is he broke? You know, there was always a car and a house, and you know. But, yeah. but the truth was, bro, uh, I spent a lot of money looking out for people. Yeah. But I didn't look out. But look, I didn't look out for my wife and shit first. Yeah. So it's kind of fucked up. Um, <clears throat> I came home with a mission, and um, I really haven't dove back into music as heavy as I'd like to. Yeah. Uh, one thing I, I like to say, and this is just for like the fan moment, like I myself recorded two hundred songs. Yeah. But I never really knew if I was going to release them. What I ended up figuring out was that was my therapy. Yeah. Well, Those like, songs, Katie, let me explain well, something to you. Yeah. I was a better rapper at 38 yeah. than I ever was at 22. I'm talking about songs. I was like, yeah. damn, how did you say that shit, B? It's it's emotion, bro. I, I, I tell this to Anwan all the time. Like, bro, you're always talking tough on your rap songs, but... Bro, I, I love the shit you did on on Just Like Him where he talks about his pop on my Petrelli album. It's like that verse makes me want to fucking cry, bro. You know what I mean? Like that's that emotion is the shit that I think he crushes the most. It's like, yeah, he's got bars and he's a battle rapper and he's a tough motherfucker. But I love the expression of well, the that, emotion and, and the honesty on his song. You know what I mean? That's funny you say that in that time that when I came home, I was estranged from my son. Um I was fighting my sobriety, all these things. I've got hella dope songs about that kind of stuff, but all the songs that are like me trapping, they're corny, right? Because I'm like, I already did it all. What else am I, like, what are you going to do at 30? Are you going to go hang out with your homies who are 21? Fuck no. Like, yeah, I can still rap, but I'm doing something different now. Right. So I shelved a lot of it, and um, it still felt good to record it. But then what I did was um, I got into this, uh, like a lot of people did, I got into the medical marijuana game. Yes, talk, have, talk about that. Yeah, we still got 30 minutes, bro. Yeah, Can yeah, you, we're gonna, and, and we're going to speed it up. Because uh, we can do this forever. And there will I, be, but, man, we, we got yeah. till 930 if you can hang. But I got to run to the camp. Can you start the story and talk for two minutes? You want me to talk now? Yeah, for two minutes. Yeah, and I'll I be right you. back. You know what I mean? Because sometimes when I do this, people are like, oh, where'd he go? And I'm like... I'm warning you. Can you just got t- t- tell your, your cannabis story for, for two minutes and then I'll, I'll right. jump back in and, and ask some shit. So Katie Kane is taking a break. He'll be back in two and two. Yep. And uh, you're on the Concerned Dabs podcast. This is B12 if you're just joining us. And we're talking about the medical marijuana game right now and how we would like to be bigger in it. <laughs> uh, it's a huge business right now, obviously. People like uh, Be Real and, and, of course, Burner. And uh, so many people have capitalized and taken it to the next level. Um, we've got a brand right now called Fresh Air. Um, clothing line and strains, farm. Um, I don't really want to say where we're out of yet, but um, uh, we, we took a different route than the California route because it's, it's a lot of you know constraints and contingencies to be involved in uh, the cannabis game here in California. And I frankly, I was just late. And we wanted to be, you know, ahead of the game, but, you know, everybody went legit. So it was time for us to go legit. So fresh air, like, it's pretty dope, man. Like, um, our branding is cool. 
it's laid back and um shout out to my boy ricky santana who came up with the name when we were locked up we were on a violation and i loved it and i said bro can i run with that and he's like yeah for sure i'm back you sir did your, you did your thing that quick i was Wash just talking ass. about the i was talking about the fresh air brand and how we're going to be launching in 2021 and it's in oklahoma yeah so uh that's you know that looks like where our licensing is going to come through Okay. I also have a small piece of a dispensary in LA. Oh, okay. And I don't want to say where it is in case a hater. Uh, yeah, because you might not have the. You got to get permits from fucking like four or five different governments in certain well, cases. No, we have a cities. dispensary in in LA, but I'm just I don't promote it publicly because yeah, it's better to be a silent partner in in that shit, especially if if it's yeah. Because I'm not an authority, you know. I'm no burner. I'm no be real. Like I don't know that world. Yeah. You know, it, it, I'm an old school, like, is it gold, is it green, or is it brown? Yeah. You know, that's it. If you, if you I, need a, if you need a guy on the squad, B12, holler at your boy. My resume well, looks pretty, my resume looks pretty thick on the gun side, bro. You know what so I mean? So hopefully sure we will, first. hopefully it will come to a point where we do need you. So, um, we're setting up shop with that. Um, our can't, our dispensary in LA is what's enabling us to kind of focus on this fresh air brand that we're doing. Um, oh, so is Fresh Air, is it a production flower company? Flower, yeah, flower. Okay. And, 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 uh, and are you guys breeding also or just, just producing? Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry. And I, if you don't. No, you're, it, good. It, you're yeah, good. Yeah, because I'm like, bro, I'm interested. So we're, so we're producing, but we also have a partner with us who's got a thing called um, the Clone Library. Oh, we, bro. Is there a website? Yeah. Because. It's, it's getting built. Okay, so what cool. we're doing through the mail even through the mail even. Yeah. So we've oh. got a whole space dedicated to creating, you know, breeding for people and for ourselves. Yeah. Um, so, so that year round, uh, you know, we were involved in the clone business as well. Um, yeah. It's a labor of love. Like, listen, man, you can't come in the game today and be a LA Kusher or burner. That's already done. Yeah. So, a person has to find their own lane yeah. and be and be comfortable with it. Yeah. Like I would like to say that we could become a multi-million dollar business, but I'm just happy making what I make yeah. as a civilian, right? Yeah, dude. I don't uh yeah, I, I try not to be about the money so much. It's like as well, long as well, as long as my living situation is decent and I can provide a decent living situation for the people on my team working around me, uh that's acceptable for me. I know there's some people on my team at certain times are going to have more ambition to try and make that million dollars. But I'm like, bro, I saw what I was up against in Oregon trying to get those rec licenses. And it's like, well, yeah, it's yeah, I had the game and the materials, but I didn't have payroll for a fucking year. You know what I mean? Here's, like, the, thing, that KG, shit. here's the thing. And this is true in Oregon, Washington, Colorado, California. The, we're already priced out of those uh, cannabis economies, right? Fuck so yeah. So unless you have millions of dollars to get into it, it's not even worth discussing. Yeah, and there's but there's there's some sort of affirmative action type program in Washington is, that they're working on. But, yeah. You gotta jump. Yeah. You gotta jump through hoops. Yeah. So in our case, uh, I'm like you, man. Like, um, I got a brother, for example, who's a mechanic, and um, I always tell him, I say, "Man, it's so dope, you get a check every two weeks." And he's like, "It's so dope, you wake up at 11 a.m. if you want." Yeah. And it's a trade-off, right? Yeah. So my thing is, if we can turn this cannabis business 
in defeating the families of the individuals who are involved, yeah, um, I'm happy. Yeah, because right? that's fact, that's a, that's all I can really hope for. That's that's all I can really sell one of my homies. I, I can't sell them that we're gonna get rich off rap, no, or no, that we're gonna get rich them. off movies. It's like, nah, we could sell this weed and make you know two or three, two or three hundred k in a year, and then everybody else can get a salary and. And we I have a dope Christmas party and everybody gets bonuses. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the, that's, that's the life to me. You know what I mean? I said, listen, um, a teacher makes $60,000 a year with a master's degree. I'm offering you all 60 grand a year without one, but without us even blowing up, if yeah. we blow up, we each make two, three, four hundred thousand a year. Yeah. You know, and um, and you can franchise so, so and get, that, get, and, um, get more States and more, more locations, man. Yeah. Correct. Because as soon as you're in the door in one place, it's easier to get in the others. So that's kind of like where we're at with that. And then, um, you know, also like on a, on a, you know, what I like to say all my careers now are like music adjacent. Yeah. Like, like I'm not Goddamn recording right. it. I'm well, not recording no rappers. Right. Well, dude, but, yeah. I'm, I'm breeding. I'm going to breed a strain that is, is co-branded with my music in the future. You know what I mean? Exactly. So like, dude, like, yeah. So, so that's the hype I'm on too. Right. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so we have that stuff. And then I've got this re-up brand, uh, which is like, it, it hasn't fully taken form yet, but I'll talk a little bit about it here. Um, it's like a podcast slash television network slash I'm going to produce other programming on other people too, but it, it's, it's just called the re-up, right? Like, which is real simple for everyone. I mean, yeah. we all got to re-up, right? Yeah. Whether it's your dope, your music, your, yeah. your you know. Um, so the re-up is not totally cannabis then. It's it's media. So, so, so fresh air is cannabis. Okay. Re-up is media. Okay. Those are those are my endeavors right okay. now. Yeah, well, talk, man, yeah, talk about the, the re-up some more so, then, man. Like, so yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm into both, but yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. That's why we all have so much in common. So the RIA is like, we'll be producing a lot of original programming. Some of it I'm going to be involved in. And frankly, uh, just to be honest, and I, I don't mind waving my own uh, flag on this one. No, I, know more than a, I know more than a lot of people do. Yeah. And um, so you'll find me like, I don't want to use the word hosting, but I am a host on a few different things, but yeah. they're all diverse. Like, um, and then we're doing a lot of original programming. Like, um, let me just give you an example. So I don't see unsung, you know, who did the E40 documentary or, uh, behind the music ever doing an RBL posse one. Right. Nah, ever, but, bro. But we, don't, but, yeah. but we, but we will. Yeah. That's, that's why we, me and Ryan Craig are making movies. You know what I mean? Right. We ain't, ain't going to get a fucking budget, dude. We'll do it our goddamn selves and put it on Amazon Prime and sell it. You know what I mean? So my goal, um, you know, is that I need to be. So I'm a curator of the culture. Like if anybody ever asked about me in the streets of the Bay, like I've been here, not just musically, but in the streets, too. And uh, behind the walls. So, like, I think I have a say yeah. in what gets curated. Right. Yeah, and the thing dude. Is, fuck MTV, bro. Fuck VH1 and it's fuck It's kind of like how I feel. You know what I mean? So I was inspired by Soren Baker. He wrote a book. Oh, that, that's, what I, that's what I wanted to say is you got to get a meeting with Dame Dash. And then after you get the after you get the deal, tell him you, you know a guy with a podcast. All right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I've, I've met Dame before. He's an interesting individual. Um, but like, I'm not a huge fan of DJ Vlad and I see all this stuff going on. And I'm like, you know, somebody 
who like has a say in all this shit needs to step up. So that's what I'm doing with Rhea. But yeah. I, I, I don't, there's not a lot I can tell everyone right now. And I'm not being, um, I'm yeah. not being secretive. I just, it hasn't taken its full form yet, okay. but fresh air and re-up, those are my babies. And then, uh, you know, I got a transportation company nowadays. That's how I pay my bills. Oh, you know, really? I got a it's, it's like, uh, like, Lyft yeah, I got a like commercial Lyft? driver's license. Dope. That's tight. No, well, no, cause... no. You know, like, um, like, uh, freight. Oh, freight. okay. Like a trucking company. Trucks. Yeah, yeah. tight. Yeah, and, that's dope, and, bro. That's hella yeah, dope. Yeah, that's in its, that's in its, uh, it's in its infant stages, couple years, but it, um, it's what I started doing after parole. Yeah. And, um. Uh, they paid for me to get my license, bro, and it saved my life. Yeah, that's because good. because um, a lot of dudes they come out of jail and they're like, oh, I'm thugging, I'm doing this. Hey, bro, I was scared to death to go back. Yeah, not because listen, it's a true story, not because I have problems in jail, but yeah. because I liked it too much. Yeah, I got I, too like comfortable. I was chilling. Yeah, I'm just watching TV and sleeping and. I'm chilling. You know I, mean? I was working and, out. I'll send you a picture, bro. You're gonna trip out when you see me. And yeah. I was like, you know. So anyway, since then, man, this commercial driving thing saved my life. I met some great people in it. But what else it did was, uh, it put the fire back on me for my entrepreneurial side. Yeah. And and so had I not done that, the juices wouldn't have got rolling again for fresh air or Rhea. Yeah. And and I have a passion for both. You know, like. Like, just because I'm not a pothead no more doesn't mean, like, I love the weed game. Like, the weed game, yeah. it paid my bills, but it also, just so you know, it's the ultimate equalizer, right? Like, yeah. well, dude, you can yeah. have a conversation with anyone. Bro, it took me places I never, I would never been otherwise if if yeah. I didn't if I didn't have that in my trunk and somebody was asking me for it because I smelled like it at the show. Facts. You know what I mean? Like, for real, right. bro. So, so, so those are the things, but I'll keep you guys posted. Obviously, um, when things get further along, I want to come back on, but I want to bring my co-host next time, um, Captain Sabum, you know, the, the uh, E-40s, Captain yeah. Sabaho. Yeah. That's my partner. His name's Kevin Dixon. He's a music industry guy. Okay. And um, me and him have a show together that we're going to be doing on the re-up, which okay. is like me and him and like a music type dude, like a Master P or a, an yeah. actor or so it's, it's going to be fun man but that's my partner and he's he's doing his thing he's got a weed strain um and then i have a book and that's part of the re-up media thing but it's called um it's called uh what a long strange trip it's been the history of bay area rap oh and bro it's a reference i don't know if you know yeah man it's uh hunter s thompson right well it's grateful dead oh okay yeah. all right yeah I, and you know, I, I've been doing acid lately, bro, and watching well, fucking close, right? Fear and Loathing. They're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're so, closely yeah. related. So, um, you know, what a long, strange trip it's been. Like, I'm a white boy from the projects of San Francisco who ended up at the upper echelons of hip hop only to be, like, right back where I started in a way. And all of it was been, like, a beautiful journey because I only started liking myself in the last three years. yeah. You know, and, and you don't know that, bro. You don't know that when you don't know that you don't like yourself until yeah. you you're fully like morphed, and then you go. Well, some do like for me, dude. It took just being by myself in Phoenix in the desert in my own apartment by myself, just going to work, 
for two years. You know what I mean? It's like the, the sun burned my the, the bullshit off me, my sh my shadow shedded skin, and I just felt better. It's like when I got into this relationship and she invited me to move back to my region, it was like congrats. Uh, yeah, it was like all but right. I know and, what and, you're since, saying. and since I've been here, it's just it's been all right, bro. Like I, I've been Wait, me too, dude. Like, podcasting, I not... like it's been okay. I I can't I've complain. had more money. I've had more money, I've had more fame. I've even had a busier phone, right? Meaning like not so dry, but like, I don't have any worries in my life. Yeah. And um, uh, to quote Haystack on one of my favorite songs from him, it's another artist I worked with for years. Uh, Haystack had, um, he says at this point, um, he said, why would I, it was something like this. Um, it was a song, Still You Doubted Me. I want you to look this one up. Okay. But, but really dope song. And he's like, um, Right I don't have it for verbatim, but he says something like, you know, in his Southern Tennessee draw, he goes, uh, you know, um, why would I still be smoking considering all I've lost to cancer? Right. Yeah. And then he goes, uh, at this point, um, if I take any other losses, uh, in life, they'll be substantial. Yeah. Um, and the only problems at this point I have are financial. Something yeah. I completely fucked all of that up. No, but, but the, I get it. I, the I can, energy I can dig is it. so. Here's the energy, right? Like I've lost so many homies to the streets. I've yeah. lost uh, excellent um, two very good marriages. I would have never lost the first one if I could have avoided it. But uh, uh, I, I missed out on time with my children. Um, I lost some relationships that I can't fully say at this point now they weren't wasn't all my fault some yeah. of it had to be some yeah. of it had to be you know it's and yeah. so um anything i this is where i'm going with this anything wrong with me at this point in my life is just financial yeah. because everything else is together yeah right so if i have a problem it's just oh damn i can't go to athens greece because i don't have the money but it's yeah. but but right but it's not but it's not oh i can't pay my rent because i don't have the money because yeah. i can't yeah. Right. I and I and I do pay my rent. So like the blessings are abundant. The growth has been beautiful. Um, and my relationships with the people that and by the way, I want to like, you know, obviously we skipped a lot of stuff, but almost everyone I ever fucked with, I still fuck with. Yeah. Same. And that's the beauty, right? Like same. I fell out with a few people, but I'm gonna just leave it at this. But that list is hella small. And the list of people that reached back to me during that time was long yeah and and this is the thing i'll say too is like my block list on facebook is really fucking short but anybody on that list still has my fucking phone number and they know what's up you know what i mean i heard that well me. said so, like, so i got I mean? two stories for you all right all right so yeah. we've covered those things so i just yeah. want to make oh, sure wow. yeah 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 uh, one from bash and one from mac J. yeah right yeah. so let me say i want to say this and i always give credit where it's due Yep. I would I, I I knew Baby Bash, aka Baby Beach. Yeah. Separately, listen, separately and outside of my relationship with JT. However, that relationship and bond became closer because of my relationship with JT, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um so uh my 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 story about Bash is um First thing is the first record label I ever owned in 1995, I was barely 18. Uh, me and Derek B owned a company called High Powered Entertainment. We had offices, we had money. And, and the first group I signed 
was Pot and the Deuce, which was Bash's group. They they were on Profile Records the year before. They got dropped due to, uh, or they left the label. But anyway, long story short, they were popular, and me and Derek were able to sign them. Yeah. So so Bash would go on to become huge, right? Bash yeah. now is one of the biggest artists the Bay's ever had. You know, I, Cyclone. I, yeah, I remember Cyclone him. Cyclone is a three million. It's a three million seller. One of the biggest singles ever. Bro, and, I, was, um, I was DJing in college at that time. I let that shit drop at 1230 and watch him wild the fuck out, bro. So, Man, so what I want to say about Bash and why he's so solid, we don't, I don't speak to him every day or anything, or, you know, it's not like we hang out, but whenever we would encounter each other or if my name would come up, he like gave me a credit, like a props that I might not have deserved because I was a little snot back then. Yeah. You know, I was a little egomaniac, like tough guy back then. And yeah. Bash would tell people, you know, first record deal I ever got was from B12. And that gave me a lot of juice. Yeah. Because he's, you know, Hell yeah. he's bigging me up. And Platinum. then the second. Platinum, second, man. And second small story about uh, Bash <laughs> is um, when we were on tour with JT during our, you know, when we started popping again with Baby Girl and he had Sugar Sugar. Bass was the man, and, um, you know, I'd be walking by him with a female, and he would, like, tell the female, like, make sure you take care of my nephew. Yeah. So. Uh, player so shit, man. Yeah. yeah, super, super solid. Yeah. Super solid. That's and I got a milk. He seems like he seems like a real cool cat, man. I remember him as SP Max's little homie, and then that, uh, that on the cool album, bro. Like he's like, uh, posted up, man. I'm just posted up. I was like, dude, this is yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, we had a lot of fun making the JT and Baby Beach album, uh, Velvetism. Um, so anyway, though, that's my bash story, and I got a lot more. But I got, I'll tell you, when I was young, I think I was intimidated by the fact that he was also a super outgoing Libra, and in his world. He was the man, right? Yeah. Well, in my world, I was the man. Yeah. So I think I, so I think I had this little bit. I was probably a hater a little bit. Yeah, maybe. When I was young. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, now that I'm older, I can. So when we got older, I saw how much class he had by like bigging me up when he didn't need to, because because yeah. he could just as soon right ignore yeah. me. Yeah. Cause I, I, I still do that too with artists that I fell out with. It's like on this project, it was dope and it came out and it was fire. You know what I mean? Oh, well, so, well, I can't yeah. say nothing bad about AWAX. We fed our families together for years. What the yeah. fuck? Like, yeah, I, I'm not going to say no. Nah. Even if he says something bad about me, I don't. Yeah. I, 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 I I'm not, I'm not trying to stir that pot or nothing. No, 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 man. no I I'm know you're not, but based on I'm principle. Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm agreeing dude. with you. Right. Yeah. So shout out to anybody I ever broke bread with because serious, well, bro. Serious. Because, because on, let me tell you on, something. On, on music or anything else, bro. Well, because if, think if about how many people. If you plug never, me in with anything, thank you. You know. Yeah, think about how many people never made a dollar off their dream. We're blessed. Yeah. So that's um cool Mac Dre story. Um Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Man, I've got a few, but I don't want to waste them all. So and I'm not necessarily like claiming to be a Mac Dre authority. Let me say this. Mac Dre, another one, I met him on my own, but because JT used to bring me around him, yeah, Dre showed me a lot of love. So here's the story. 
Rest in peace, Psycho from Portland. Yeah. Okay. We're yeah, at dude. Mac Dre's um, little studio in Sacramento. Me and JT went up there to do some verses with him. And at this time, me and JT were living in Sat. So this must be 03, 04, right before Dre passed, something like that. Um, Psycho's there. And, you know, I, every uh, JT used to call me the toter, right? Yeah. Because I always... I got the bag. I towed yeah. it, right? You got so, one? You need one? You right? know what I mean? Like, bro, so, if not, it's cool if not, but let me so know. JT if you, you was know. like, yeah. so JT, and that's another dude who always gasses me up to this day. If you go look at my Facebook right now, JT gassed me up on my birthday, gassed me up during the 49ers game, whatever. He's just yeah. a good, solid dude. And yeah. a, another one of my mentors and, and, and also someone I could say I legitimately uh, have always looked up to. But JT... You know, we're kind of equals because I'm his manager and his friend. And he tells Mac Dre, he goes, you know, 12 is toting right now. <laughs> hey. And Mac Dre, look, his eyes went like this. He's like, be cool, show me. And I was like, oh, man, you know, I'm not trying to. And I didn't want to be disrespectful like I'm whipping out a gun. Yeah. But I pulled out. I had a 40 cal Glock 23, right? Mm -hmm. And Dre looked at it. He was like, oh, we're doing a song. So we recorded Ah, time. A song. No. On the spot. So check this out. This is why it was such an honor. And another reason I love JT and Dre. Bro, they didn't need to rap with me. Yeah. I'm B12. I mean, like, yeah, yeah if you want to if you want to stroke my ego because I'm an executive, maybe, but yeah. you know, I'm the little homie. I'm not even like an accomplished rapper. Yeah. But um, you know. They liked my get down and we did this song and I gassed it. I, I still remember it was a psycho beat. Me and JT did our thing. There was a lot of 40 caliber references in it. It was real street. And it was going to go on. Get a load of this, man. It was going to go on Genie of the Lamb. Duh. Hell yeah. Well, because that's and, dude, man. I, I love when it's inspirational well, might, on the it spot. Been, hold on. And it might have been. It might have been Thizel Washington. I mean, it was going on one of them records, but check yeah. this out. He had those album covers down, bro. Like, I remember just, like, I got to buy that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 We hooked Shimp up with him. That's another story. Um, but, bro, uh, fucking, we lost the file. Son of a bitch. So God there was it. a song. And even after he passed away, you know, I used to wish, you know, because what a great relate. Like, I treasured the time I had around him. Um, and, and let me say this. Can I say something? Yeah. Not just because he's Mac Dre, the rapper, but because he was cool as fuck. Yeah. Like what yeah. I'm telling you, Good the people, joke man. he made. So, so there's a YouTube with Mac Dre and my son. I'll forward it to you for your own laughing. Okay. Um, but Dre's at my house and Dre used to cap on me just like I would cap on him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how you guys say it in the Northwest, but. Yeah, hey, fuck, well, you know, TJ and Anwan do that to each other all the time. I try and just be nice to my homies, you know what I mean? So, it, if they want to dish it out, though, it's like, ah, ah hey, man. I, yeah. I don't, yeah. So, okay, yeah. so Dre picks up this bottle of um, uh, champagne I have, and in classic Dre fashion, he's like, he goes, this bottle old as fuck. I don't know. He goes, is it champagne or is it wine that's supposed to be old? And he smells yeah. and he goes, he goes, this motherfucker might fuck around and explode. Uh, and, you know, just, yeah. Bussing bars. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it that's was just tight. all funny. And uh, my son was there. I was filming. And we actually have my son on camera with Dre. My son treasures that to this day. Yeah. And 
And he's like, what's up to the mob boss, Zozo? And he names, you know, my son, Lorenzo. And it was pretty dope. And so, like, uh, yeah, Dre gave me, and, you know, we were on tour with him, Bend, Oregon, uh, Warm Springs. Like, he was just a real genuine dude. Uh, And I can honestly say, other than Kugnut from, from Frisco, from where I'm from, my first true influence of any rapper I was in the California Youth Authorities, you know, Juvenile Hall for kids. Yeah. And I had a Mac Dre tape from Music by Mail, which is the mail service. Yeah. And I can recite you like, listen up, I'm about to get dope. Yeah. It ain't nothing but some shit I wrote. I got that. Young brother, that shit it's, game. A, it's in my Serato right now, bro. You know what I mean? But, you know, everyone else's experience with him seems Dude, to more uh, be like. For the fucking radio. You know, like Sizz, right? Everybody, the newer generation. Yeah. Well, dude, dude like. I had heard him on the Black Elation and then on a bunch of like Master P on the uh, West Coast West Bad Coast Boys Bad too. Boys. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Every time I rap, I bust what you like. Cause I'm the coldest MC a, to ever touch a mic. I was like, Holy we got a gold fuck, plaque. Man. We got a gold plaque from that because Eleven Five has a song on there. Yeah, um, dude. That like that. That was before Thiz, and so when Thiz started happening. It took a while for the pills to reach where I was at. You know what I mean? But then it was like, oh, it was like, okay, I get it now. You know what I mean? Like the style no, changed drastically. The movement. Yeah, it did, bro. But, it did. But to for, put it in perspective. It was a big, big fucking wave for like four or five years, bro. To put it in perspective, though, for people who might not know, or maybe they do and they never think about it. I was 11 years old in 1988 listening to Mac Dre. So you have to understand he influenced a whole nother generation in 2004 yeah he did just do the math on that i want you to do the math well it was because i want you to really well because i was in high school when the shit i just told you that i knew him from when that shit came out and then when i was in college i remember djing it was my sister and some of my little cousins and some of my little home i dj'd their senior prom and right. it, it was super hyphy and thizzle dance and get stupid i had edited versions of all that shit and it was, bro. It was literally more than 10 years later and after, after I was jamming it in my high school years. You know what I mean? So it was. Check it out. And look at 2011 when Drake referenced him. So what I'm saying is that the cultural impact he has without say, but I get to say a dude I idolized, didn't know anything about. I listened to him as a kid. Later on, I'll do music with him, hang out with him, clown with him. Um, so, like, when people complain about their life, I just go, man, mine's already been popping. Yeah. So, and I don't want to sound morbid here, right? But yeah. if there's nothing else but me driving a truck or selling weed or I did it already, I did it with my favorite people on the planet. Hell yeah. And I did it in a time that can't be recreated. It can't. I had that same conversation with Ryan Craig like four or five days ago. He's Shout like, Shout out to Ryan. I really like Ryan's a good human. Yeah. He, he said, dude, we, it was dope to put our music in our movie, but that movie was marking that period in time. Like, we're not, trying, sure. to, we're not trying to do no tour off of that soundtrack or anything. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, we, we accept it as fuck. That was fun. And now we're going to do something different at this age that's also fun. That's you know? also fun. And yeah. something that's worthy. I think this is the, the buzzword. Like, whatever you do, this is for anybody who, who might catch us talking. Listen to my voice. Like, whatever you do, just think about it in context of your legacy. Like, when I'm gone, my stories go with me, but 
there's a few newspaper articles, there's a few magazine ads, there's a few, you know, like, so, so like when we go do something, whatever you're doing, go to do it with the thought of like, is this match the legacy you want to leave? Yeah. You know, I'm not an old head. Like, check me out, Katie. I'm still a fly, young, fat, old dude. I got a but, couple more years before 40. I still got a couple well, more well, years. I, I'm over 40, but what I'm saying is I'm not like a corny old dude going, oh, man, what's wrong with these rap? No. We, listen, the same old rappers looked at me and my friends that way. Yeah. I refuse to be that guy. Yeah. Because I think it's beautiful that there are kids right now from the cities I live in getting gold plaques. Yeah. The Bay stopped getting gold records years ago. Yeah. So when they reworked, <coughs> excuse me, the RIAA uh, certification for gold albums. Yeah, they 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 adjusted well, they it for to. streams. Yeah. Well, they had to, right? Because you can't sell 500,000 CDs anymore. Fuck no, you can't. I don't care so who bar, you are. So look, so when Into Deep went gold, that bar was high. Yeah. But now for Mozzie, who has a gold single, well, that doesn't mean he sold 100,000 records, but whatever he did, it's an accomplishment. Yeah, I, I, I like super, his shit too, dude. Like, I I, like, Yeah. I think Mozzie's dope. But I say all of that just to say, like, every time, like, I can't understand about uh, Herbie Lovebug and DJ Starsky and Cool Herc. I yeah, can't. I don't. No, I, didn't, I didn't hear that no, shit. Yeah. No, but, but, but even though I understand it was important. Yeah. It, it didn't it, mark a period in time in my life. You know what I mean? Or mine. And I'm older yeah. than you. Yeah. So, so Spice One is not going to mark a period of time for my son. No. He's 20 years old. And no. guess what? That's okay. Yeah. Because in 20 years, when I'm 60 something and you're 50 something. Yeah. And. And maybe your kid's 30, I don't know. Yeah. We're gonna be able to look at everything as a whole and say, this is timeless and oh, I forgot about this. Yeah. And and that's uh I don't get to spend a lot of time with my son, but when I do, I if we're in the car or we have an hour where we're gonna cook or we're gonna do some some chores or something, we're gonna listen to some music. And J. Cole is the shit that when I play that for him, that's what he remembers and he wants to hear again. You know what I mean? I'm like, what do you want to listen to? He's like, J. Cole. He's like, play My that son. shit. I'm like, all right, cool, man. It's, and cause I try not to, because I try to play Tool and all this other shit around him. You know what I mean? And like, y'all check it. Nah. Shit, yeah, he, he likes Cole. You don't want to hear that shit, bro. Yeah. My son, the other day we were riding together and I, and I told him a story. My, my youngest son, his name's Lorenzo, right? And, you know, his mother's name is Lorena, and he has an uncle named Lorenzo. And okay. you might think, okay, follow me, that his name was named for them. Yeah. But if you know me, and I just got done telling you, I listened to Mac Dre in 88. Yeah. My son was not named for that. My son was named for me and Lorenzo riding in a Benzo. Uh, yeah, hell yeah, that's tight, man. That's, okay, that's, so so yeah. even my, wife, my ex-wife, people will go, oh, that's so cute. Your son's named after you, and she's got this look like. You know, <laughs> no, my son, my son was named by Ice Cube. Yeah, that's tough. You man. know, or, yeah. or or Will or Will Smith on Summertime when he said, uh, "Or in your Nissan, sitting on Lorenzo's." You yeah. know, like I, I got so, a I, I got a big homie on my res. His boy's grown now. He's probably like twenty one, but his name is O'Shea, the the boy. You know what I mean? Dope. Same same reason. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, like, so, cool. 
So as I'm telling my son this story, he actually starts going on his Spotify and he says, dad, name me the 15 dopest like songs. So I sat there with him like children's story, Slick Rick, uh, Wild Wild West, Cool Mo D, Paperboy the Diddy, Into D, Back to the Hotel. I'm just naming, you know, Spice One, Welcome to the Ghetto. Like, yeah. and my son has 25 song playlist now that's reflective of my youth, not his, yeah. that he be because he's like, oh, these are all dope. Yeah. And here's what I mean by that. When we're looking back, we may or may not like every song that came out today in 20 years, yeah. but there will be some. Yeah. I know J. Cole will be some of it. I know Drake will be some of it. You yeah. know, like, because now that I'm, I listen to my mother's music, you can identify immediately, like, you know, oh, shit, that's the show. Oh, this is the shit, like, yeah. you know, you know you, you know, you don't have to bump James Brown to understand how good he is. No doubt. You know? I agree, man. I, uh, those are my those those are my you know what I like to tell people, KD. Um, when I write my book, if I ever do my own book, not the book about Bay Area hip hop, but like my story. Yeah. What I prefer when people say, "Man, you got a dope story," I say, "Man, actually, I've just had a really dope seat at everybody else's story." No doubt, and and that's uh, I try to take that perspective and shit that I work on the past few years. It's like I don't get like. I don't care. Do kind of. I can show up and be a guest on the show. It's like if you guys need help with anything, I'll show up, bro. I don't have to be on camera on the mic. If you need help writing down ideas right. for your script, like I don't give a shit, dude. Like I want to see it happen because it's gonna inspire me to do something on on my end, man. In the same thing, I mean. So it, uh, I fiend for creative homies to be around me and it's that's cool. me too bro it's cool being back home because i have that i got tj on one i got my cousins tello rolo dash is down there like it's uh tyrants in portland ryan craig is in yakima like uh it's i i get that fix not every time i want it but fucking often bro way more often sure. than i did the two years i was in phoenix i had my engineer homie in phoenix and my neighbor homie in phoenix and then there was a little homie that I met at T-Mobile, but he, he's a young buck. He liked to go party and shit. I'm like, bro, I'm in the crib. Holler when he wants some nugs, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's cool to have a, our own vantage point on history being written. Yeah. You know, like SOB is a big rap group from the Bay. They're youngsters. They're, yeah. They're not, I had nothing to do with them, but I watched them because one of them is best friends with my godson. So after he was cleaning my yard for 12 bucks an hour, one of those guys was going home and recording records now that possibly made it on the Black Panther soundtrack. Yeah, so, see, so, that's dope, bro. So that's my event, right? That's my, so it's not my story, but I get to tell other people's and that's why, KD, the same reason you have the podcast, it's the same reason I'm writing a book, the same reason I'm gonna do my shows because I, I believe I'm a fair storyteller. I'm yeah. not going to tell, I'm not going to like, oh man, you know, oh. I was up there with, uh, you know, no, nah. I'm going to actually say, oh, I got the shit slapped out of me. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to tell. And that's all why, I, that's why I dig the podcast. I'm not going to edit any of your shit out and say, you, right you know, it's like, it's long form and I'm not getting two quotes. The whole fucking shit is a quote. You know what I mean? It's it's Man. the story from his lips. I'm well, just asking pleasure. questions. And when you know I, I mean? saw you doing it, I told JSK, I said, "Man, shout out to KD for just doing it. Let alone, hey, check it out. 
78 times. Yeah, thanks, man. Because me and Derek B, we only have 10 episodes of our Music Biz Monday, and then we keep, fell off keep, a little. Keep going, dude. That no, keep, sure. keep going, man. It doesn't matter if you skip a little bit. Like, keep making more, man. Joe Rogan started in 0809. He didn't get that fucking Spotify deal till 11 years later. 12 yeah, years year. later. Last you know year. What I mean? And he's on episode like 1300 something when, when he got the deal. You know what I mean? So, so what are you guys doing it weekly? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I, I uh, thank you for forcing me into this Zoom situation. I can't do what my IT guys, Mitchell and Jess do as far as the Discord and the OBS sure. and casting it to YouTube. So you were like, man, just fucking download fucking Zoom. And that That's what Derek I, made me do I, for I, our... Yeah, dude. So I would just like, I'm gonna just pay the 15 bucks because we, we're doing Zoom meetings for the, the well, movie. Well, let me know if you want me to cash app you 750. Oh, uh, no, hell no, bro. I got it. Like, it's nothing, man. I, I, I'm I not pre- suggesting you don't. Well, I'm no, because there's certain, yeah. ho- certain homies will ask me, how can I do this? And I'm like, you need this piece of equipment. It costs this much money. And they're like, man, can I do it? I was like, you could try. But if you just do this, it's gonna fucking work. And I've had that right. to, I've had that told to me before by my producers and people who I was like, yeah. And Tyrant's like, dude, just spend the five hundred on the fucking eight channel Scarlet, and you can show up to band practice and mic everything up. You know what I mean? So yeah. I just did it, and and it worked. That. It worked. You know what I mean? So I, I try to just be honest. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Amen, brother. Yeah, because it, it it is, dude. Like anybody who's gonna do it. It doesn't matter how popular it is. It's like, no, nah, I'm going to support it because no, nobody pushed me. Like, we had to push each other. And so if anybody else has that ambition, I'm trying to push them the same way. Like, I, every every few weeks, like, every now and again, TJ and on one, their podcast is called Beers, Bongs, and Bullshit. They'll invite me over there when a guest flakes out or something. And I'm like, hell yeah. And it's fun every single time. Sometimes we'll watch the fights, but we just get the bullshit and everybody's had music experience and, and doing all kinds of different shit. So it's just fun. Like, right. I, I, uh, I fucking hate humans B12. You know what I mean? Me but, too. The, but the music, Why do you think but the music homies, yeah, the music homies are all right though. You know what hey, I mean? Whenever I get a chance to say someone's a good human and I've said it a few times on this podcast, yeah. the re the reason I do that is I'm actually notoriously a dickhead. Yeah. Now I'd like to think that, like I told you, that version of myself is gone. Yeah. But there's still an element of me that I don't like nonsense, though. Me so, neither. Yeah. So, so when somebody's solid, I love giving it up to them because all I would hope, KD, it's actually for a selfish reason. I'm hoping they say the same about me if they believe it. Yes. Like That's my. It. Like I told my lady this earlier, I was jamming fucking Jim Miller band. I said I always tell people that my name is good from Phoenix to Tacoma. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, and that's, I don't fuck people over. I'm, I'm solid, me man. You know me what me I mean? If I if ever, somebody, if I, if somebody it, doesn't like me, it's, it has to be purely on a difference in opinion. Yeah. It, it can't, it can't be because I did them dirty because I've yeah. done myself dirty more than anyone else. Hell yeah, man. I agree. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, well shit, dude, we're, we're at like hour and 44 minutes now, man. So, uh, is there? I, I don't want to cut you off, but I feel no, like I'm, two two hours two hours is probably a good good limit. With if we got fifteen minutes left, is there? We're good. Is, is there uh, any ideas or? Oh no, wait, fuck, dude! I'm glad I remembered. I, I forgot Talk to. I got. I forgot to ask Smurf this from from Portland when he was on the okay. show. But 
everybody, especially who's a business person, it's two-sided question. First side is a good side. Uh, what do you feel has been your best move on the path to where you're at right now? And maybe it's not one move, one behavior. You know what I mean? Okay. Like what, you know what I mean? How about I sum it up like this? It comes to me immediately. That's how I know it's not thought of. Um, the best move I ever made was believing in other people. Dope. So I always believed in me, but um, we'll just give you a real quick. But I was a little white boy from the ghetto that people outside of my own ghetto didn't know anything about me at one point, right? So I knew there was going to be a lot of obstacles and, I, and, 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 and opposition to what I wanted to accomplish in, you know, back when. I'm talking about long before I, I had any success because I started as a rapper. Yeah. Um, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't show my gun to everyone to show them I was real. I couldn't, you know, there was no way to, to convey that. So what I did was I created alliances, right? And they were like-minded people that, that also kind of had similar dreams. So I believed literally in hundreds of people in my career. Now, that I, I want to say that to say that doesn't mean it worked. No, hell but no. I kept believing in people. I know what so you're talking that, about. I brought every single one of my little homies to Portland to meet RPM and Tyrant and everybody and get their phone number, their email. You can buy these beats for the same price I get them for. Do what you fucking want to do. What yeah, what so any what, what any what, what what anybody did after that is up to them. You know what I mean? So like, I I agree. And so <laughs> what I found on that path is I ended up with a Derek B and a Johnny Z and a Rob Nonies and a Tay to Tay. And yeah. a Bobby Ford and a JSK, like a, a, a collection of individuals that we may have gone our own paths now, but the kin, the, the kinmanship, the, the fellowship, the relationship, the camaraderie, the camaraderie. Right? Yeah. yeah. Comrades that, that sticks because there was something genuine. Yeah. Like me and JT may never make another song together, but no one can ever take away the songs we made. Yeah. Dude, like I have a song with Mac Dre, me as a rapper. That's tight. That, 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 that's out. I'm not talking about the one that got lost. I'm talking about one that came out. Which and one like, is that? It's called Mashing Out, me, Mac Dre, and JT. It's on one of Mac tight. Dre and JT's album. But tight. I'm just saying like, when I made it, it wasn't a big deal because that's my homie, Mac Dre. Yeah. But you, never, people, you, you never know who somebody's going to turn into, man. Well, he I, was already someone, but what I mean is I guess I, I rapped with a lot of famous people, but like Never did I think in 2020 people would go, man, I didn't know. I, I, I heard you on a song with Mac Dre. You know, yeah. people have nothing to do with my history. Yeah. So I believed in people. That's the answer, man. Uh, best thing I ever did was believed in others. But then that leads to, but then I believed in myself too, because um, I got told it wouldn't work, bro. Yeah. And I bought, I bought, I never got rich. I, I You know, a lot of people tell you, I got rich. I got yeah. But, but I, let me just—I didn't I either, changed. ladies and gentlemen. I didn't either. I talk about the ups and downs as much as I can. You have to, right? As, as equally as equally as I can, too. You know? I have a sister who, up until a few years ago, would ask me at Thanksgiving every year, "Do you have a job yet?" I, Listen here, bitch. Yeah. Like, I had a job. Yeah. I bought this house. What are you what? talking about? Yeah, and and. When the fuck was the last time I asked you for money? You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. So I believed in others and I believed in myself. That's that. So what's part two? Yeah, that's dope. Part two is what do you feel has been your biggest mistake on the path to where you're at right now? Believing in others. 
Ah, dude, same answer. It was the same day. It reminds me of City Slickers, bro. Yeah, like, same. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. So, 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 let me tell you, okay? I can talk about because, because, well, because I didn't want to respond to your first answer because I'm just like, bro, it never worked out for me. You know what I mean? So that's the. My, I don't want to interrupt, man. But yeah, plenty, plenty have worked out. I just told you, I made a okay. whole list, right? Okay. I made a whole list. I ran down. Yeah. 10 people that I still have great, right? Yeah. But I didn't name 50 people. Yeah. And I spent time and more importantly, or excuse me, I spent money and more importantly, time that I can never get back. Yeah. I have moments, you know, like, let me just, small example, since you're a Northwest guy, one of my favorite places to perform is Rosita's in Walla Walla. I don't nope. even think it's there. I don't think it's there anymore. I don't um, think I, I don't think I ever rocked there before, man. Mexican yeah. restaurant, small stage, but we used to pack it. Okay. Um, we would go there three times a year. Yeah. Um, I had three different friends at all three times I would go there every year. Does that does does that equate? So every time I went on the road, I would expose JT or whoever I'm with to new individuals that I wanted to experience the life. Yeah. And rightfully so, back then, JT had a little bit of a, uh, what the, you know what I mean? But he was a good sport about it. But he knew, like him, Tay to Tay, I'm going to say this. All my older bros, dude, the, the ones that are older than me, that came before me in music, yeah. they all saw the mistakes I was making and tried to correct them for me. But they knew they couldn't. Yeah. Because yeah, I was, uh, because yeah. I was a boss from the beginning, you know, so like. Yeah, Even certain though, certain people can't tell me shit. You know what I mean? Well, it, like they just can't. They, well, There's yeah, a, because I already it, so yeah. my mentality was, well, what are you gonna tell me if I already did all the shit that's popping? I'm the reason this, you know. So so it's the same answer, KDM Kane. It's yeah. um the biggest mistake was I believing in too many people. And then the second part of that same answer is and not believing in myself enough. Yeah. Well, because right? Well, because I, I get a lot of messages online from aspiring native hip hop rappers. You know what I mean? That's and, important. Listen, and I, 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 I don't want you. And I, and I try not to be an asshole. I tell them, look, dude, if you want a verse for me, it costs 200 bucks. Um, if, if you don't want to message me anymore after that, then that's fine, bro. That's usually where it ends. But I'll tell you this. Don't expect anybody else to believe in you more than you believe in yourself. If you're, if you're not going to put those dollars up on your own, you can't expect somebody to match you or, or give you more than that. Period. You it's know just what I like mean? the dope game. It is, dude. It, it is. Like, if you come through and buy fucking four, he'll throw you four on top if you do it two weeks in a row, bro. Hello. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. So and I want to just... also say, welcome home, Miami the most. Oh, dope, man. He's from this, right? This records? Yep. Okay. He's cool, been home man. a few months from prison, but... Uh, uh, we I've been talking to him lately. I got to go see him soon. I haven't seen him. But today I made my rounds. I saw Tay to Tay. I'm going to go see JT. I got to go see Miami. Because, man, life is short, dude. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I try to enjoy the, the time with my friends, too. Because we could get hit by a bus. Or the bombs could drop. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. who fucking knows? Like, uh, right. I, I want to know that I, I enjoyed the time that I had here. You know what I mean? For and, sure. And I do that by spending it doing shit I like. Like, podcasting right. and making music and movies and writing and shit like that same here man god yeah. is great yeah or the creator depending yeah. on what you know yeah but i want to say something about you being uh you brought up the native thing and yeah. even though this is a non 
uh, what's the word I'm like, this is a non-genre specific conversation. Yeah. I want to get specific because I want people to know that I'm in touch. Like, yeah, I'm from the hood and yeah, I'm this and that, but I know about my native people and you, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told JSK and Pete Yellowbird and all my other boys who are from that world. You guys have a huge responsibility because even though there's been native rap since time immemorial, so to speak, there still has never been that many that have made it right. Yeah. And so you guys having had some experience in the, in the, in the real world, um, and you guys have a huge responsibility to these dudes. And um, the same way I used to pick up my phone at Bayside and take a chance on random dudes. Yeah. Uh, I encourage you guys to do that with your, your, your hente because uh, you know, that's a little Spanish. Yeah, uh, yeah. I dig because, it. Because, be, be, because you don't want to minimize your role. Like the average, you know, black or Chicano rapper from LA might not understand that there's a whole native rap community, but because I do, and I've been there and I know where you guys sit in that uh, echelon, you, Ryan Craig, JSK, you know, uh, 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 Savage fam, yeah. uh, all those guys, you guys got to keep doing it and, and making it look good yeah. because because there's so many that don't make it look good or make it sound good that uh, you guys set the bar. Um, the other day when me and you had a conversation, um, I might've mentioned this to you. Let me see if I can find it fast. Um, I had heard a Ryan Craig song I hadn't heard in hell, I mean, ever. Was it from uh, Nervous from Nervous Breakdown? No, nah, it was just a video he did. It sounded like an old Cholo beat and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm a old, look, I might like young rap, yeah like polo g and shit like that but i still like to bump fucking some you know yeah hell some, yeah some, let me so let me see if i can find it real fast just so i know what i'm talking about um all that we had oh yeah where he's got it's the young version of him and the young version of uh mystic right yeah dope video dope concept yeah uh, re reminds me of like an old uh L.A.D. Riding Low. I don't know if you remember that Cholo song. I don't. Or, or, well, look it up. Like, okay. or, or Lighter Shade of Brown, My Homies, you know. Uh, anyway, shout out shout out to Ryan. I, I don't really ever speak to Ryan just because of life, but that song, uh, I, I found it the other day on accident when me and you were talking. Word. And uh, I think it's cool, man, that you guys keep doing it. So keep keep doing it. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate the support, man. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show because you are uh, a very influential person as far well, as the, the industry goes and, and the shit that I've listened to growing up. So it's dope to get to ask you questions on my podcast. You know what I mean? Because uh, certain guests I'm, I'm excited about, but this one, it was cool because a, a couple rap homies hit me up like, yo, is it that guy? I'm like, yeah, it's that guy. You well, know what I mean? Love, so it's man, like, I, yeah. Like I said, I've been just blessed to be here and uh, in life period, making it through all this. And if there's one person on earth that wants to hear what I have to say, I'll keep saying it just because that's all, like I said, just not to preach too much, but that's all we're going to have. Me and you, when this world's over, our written word, our spoken word, our recorded word, that's our history. That's our as and, and I don't want to misquote anything or seem mystical like native, but it's like the oral traditions of the native sure. people. Like this is us. We're doing that right now. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I am trying to document what I think is important as far as this time period and people that I know. 
and I, and so I, you, and I too, yeah. you too, sir, are a cultural curator. Thanks, and, man. And that's yeah. what we have. We, we have a responsibility. So before we build up our communities and we have to do that too, right? Like Nipsey Hussle did a lot, but I think a lot of dudes are like pump faking right now, acting like they're baby Nipsey's. Yeah. They don't know what they don't know what went on behind the scenes. Nah, bro. And so you gotta be good at you gotta be good at math and reading to, to be well, that. You know what well, I mean? Well, I think it even goes further, right? Like you also have to be like a good human, right? Yes, you can't you can't fake that. And, and, and I'm gonna tell you, there was a time in my I've said it already more than once. The time in my life, I I probably thought I was a good human. But maybe some of the shit I did behind the scenes wasn't solid. Yeah. You know, cheating on a woman or uh, beating up someone weaker than me. I don't know. Just whatever, right? Yeah. So, like, to right the wrongs we may have all participated in, we first have to acknowledge them. And yeah. then and then we have to do, like, the treatment phase, which is yeah. like... The 12-step dance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let let go, let God, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I'll tell you, the you when you get through that, if you still like yourself, if you're still feeling yourself, then by all means start a nonprofit for your community. But yeah. don't go out in the world with toxic energy thinking you're positive. Yeah. Right? And I that's agree. what that's and what's I happening. So the first step for us as rappers, writers, producers, uh trappers, gangsters the Smurf Lucianos of the world who has a great story himself about his lineage and what he's done in his life. Our first step needs to be recorded, right? Documented. We're doing it now. Yeah. And then once we've done that, start the other stuff. Yeah. Cause it, you cause know? it is dude. Like I, uh, I tell TJ and on one, this, I'm like, dude, I don't fucking watch the news. It's it's the same everywhere in the world. Like, debilitating. I'd rather yeah, I'd rather catch stories from actual people, not not blurbs and 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 sound bites. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I with with an agenda. Like it, it uh, I'm trying to contribute to that. You know the the new forms for of you. media. Yeah. Yeah yeah, I'm embracing it too, man. We'll see how these next couple of years go. But, yeah. Um, it was my pleasure, and thank you for having me, man. And there's other dope stories, and one day I'll tell more because there's. You know, I put out the outlaws. That was a great experience. Yeah, uh, dude, I, I would love to have you back and ask more questions, dude. Yeah, and, and hopefully we'll be uh, in a little different space and have some other cool stuff to talk about. And uh, maybe, you know, we'll bring on another guy that we'll co-talk to, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. We've we've had more than, we've had three guys on one time that I was interviewing a, a couple Dope. different times, so we could do Dope. that. And then uh, can you also drop your social media for anybody who wants to follow Sure. So I'm on Instagram. I don't post as much as I'd like, but but I'm definitely it's there um, for anybody who needs to follow me there. It's at one two the number twelve and then spelled out hundred. So at twelve hundred. Okay. H u n d r e d. On Facebook, it's real simple. It's facebook.com backslash the real b twelve. Okay. Spelled out no ebonics t h e r e a l b one two. Do you do Twitter at all? Dude, I'm on Twitter and I, I don't, gotta I, get, I don't I fucking do it that active. much. I'm gonna yeah. tell you why. The intellectuals use Twitter, and I think of myself as an intellectual. Me it's too. Just, I haven't yeah. been on, but um, but yeah, it's Baby Mo 12. That's my hood name. B-A-B-Y-M-O-E-1-2. Baby okay. Mo, 
my, my oldest brother, rest in peace, he was Big Mo. My middle brother is Little Mo, and I was Baby Mo. That's dope. my hood name before B12. That's dope, yep. man. Tiny yeah. Lokes and they go crazy, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah. the Mo's. Uh, Mo's, we're, we're, you know, that was our uh, nickname That's from dope. the hood. But, um, yeah, man, I, I, I love to see what you're doing with it. I'm going to keep checking it out, and uh, let's pump it out there for people to see, man. And uh, I know you guys are going to keep growing this format. and. You know, try my, try my best, man. Staying consistent every week. Sometimes people, I love man, it. You know, shit happens, but uh, you inspire uh, me, man. 79 is next week. Thanks, man. Yeah, we got uh, he's a Dr. Daniel, uh, it's Dr. Daniel Emmett on, on the show next next I'm week. Check he's, it out. Uh, yeah, he's a psychiatry. Oh, dope. Yeah, he's fucking super fancy. I, I stay with him for a couple months. He's got mad gardening game, too. So it's is this be, is yeah. this somewhere you learn to drop LSD? No, he 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 never put me. I know I know he's been on that before, but he he was just a solid guy who helped me out. And I'm just playing. That's he's dope. Still a solid guy. So I, I want to ask him about his his career and his cannabis stuff too. So hey, tell him um we need to he needs to set up a hip hop practice and start counseling these rappers. Yeah, dude. We got hey. If you have a lot of dudes in their feelings, man. Well, dude, the, uh, I had Deacon Jones. He's he's from my town. It was episode 30 or 40 something. It was in March, but he does. He has a treatment program that's like uh, healing through hip hop for kids. You know what I mean? So wow. kids that are in treatment, he gets he gets them for a day, puts them in the studio and helps them write a song and record Good it. Good for him. Yeah. I'm so going to go back and check that episode out. Yeah, he's he's a solid dude, man. I'm a real fan of that guy's work, and he's he's Nimi Poo also, bro. So I'd, I'd love that. Dude. Okay, he's, he's dope. Yeah, but uh, him native. Yeah, but it's it's ten o'clock now. B twelve. It's getting late. Everybody wants to crash out, smoke one. Um, I thank you for taking the time to come on my show. Thank uh, you, you for can, having everybody, me, everybody can follow him online. I'll send you the link to the YouTube and the the Spotify one. It usually takes Spotify a couple of days, so uh, all good. Yeah, I, I'll send Exciting. you the links. Yeah, dude, and um, anytime you want to come back, bro. You know what I mean? Thank you, bro. Yeah, and we'll have you guys on something real soon, man. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, hit me up, dude. You got my number. Uh, fuck, sure. dude. Much, much love. I appreciate it. Likewise. Yeah. Katie Kane, man. Yeah. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna do my outro dance. This was the 78th episode of Concerned Dads Podcast. I was your host, Katie M. Kane. My guest tonight, B12, the music mobile cannabis. Right cannabis industrialist uh, uh -oh. super cool cat all around man uh thank you future author uh it, it, like just all around man extraordinary thank you man, man. I follow the guy online i'm a fan of his work man lucas right on he's done. um Salute. I, I also got to give a shout out to my guys in production mitchell wilson and jesse curry this has been a main node and joseph street enterprise production